All right, let me throw a score by you. 75 to 32. 75 to 32. That is that a college basketball score? What is that? Yeah, it's it's when you have a homecoming game uh, against a Division II team. Uh, that's what generally is the final score in, in college hoops. But no, that was the uh, that was the Eagles uh, combined scores of the last two weeks against the 49ers and the Cowboys. Hideous, unacceptable, awful. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Monday, kind of. Everybody, uh, Rob Ellis, Tone <laughs> Shields, hanging out with you. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. What's up, everybody? I see you. I see everybody hanging. Good to see you, uh, as always, Tone. Uh, yeah, this was um, second straight week where the Eagles did not show up um, against teams that are their chief rivals in the NFC. And there is no sugarcoating it. There's no excusing it. There is no anything. Uh, they need to own it. The question isn't just the acceptance and the acknowledgement. It's can it be fixed? That's the big question. And, you know, you look at it right now, and you should be real concerned if you're an Eagles fan, despite the uh, the great record. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Uh, this team is uh, falling apart at the seams. Uh, no excuses, no explanation. Uh, the fact of the matter is they are not who we thought they were. You know what I mean? They are not the football team that we thought they were. This team – um, lacks fire. They lack intensity. Um, they lack something. And clearly, it's personnel on the defensive side and uh, on the offensive on, on the offensive side. They lack some sort of. They lack an offensive identity. They don't know what they want to do. They don't know how they're going to accomplish accomplish it. And so far, I see a listless offense. I see guys that don't seem to have a belief in what they're being asked to do. So that begs the question. Who's at fault for this premature collapse? Yeah, and I think it's a great question to ask. I mean, is it coaching? Is it players? Is it Howie? Um, Because when you look the way that they look, and again, understand that they're 10 and 3, but we also understand that they got away with some things on the road to getting to 10 and 1 that we all said they can't continue to do against these really good teams, and they've tried to continue to do it, and these teams have beaten the snot out of them, uh, to be kind about it. Um, So, look, to me, um, ultimately, it starts with Nick Sirianni. This team hasn't been ready. So when you get outscored to start games now, 24-6, to 14-6, to 
17 to 7, 17 to 7. That's the last four games, but you've been you have trailed at the half the last six games. You're clearly not prepared properly. That's it. I mean, it's all around. If, if I'm being honest, it's everything. They're not talented enough. That's on Howie. The players are fumbling. That's on them. But they're not ready to start games, period. Yeah, that's what makes this so frustrating, right? Um, there was a point in the season where we felt like we can kind of pinpoint the issues. Now, this ship is taking on so much water, we have no idea which hole to plug first. We have no idea who to point the finger at. So the fact of the matter is we have 10 fingers for a reason. So I'm going to point them all at various individuals. Harry Roseman, he shortchanged the defense. He got cocky. And now the defense looks the way it looks. All the offensive side, uh, Jalen Hurts is not playing up the snuff these past couple games. Nick Sirianni, lackluster game planning. Brian Johnson, lackluster play calling. Uh, Sean Desai, lackluster preparation on his defensive side. These guys lack. These, these, did you see the way those corners were playing yesterday? Just, just their body language and how yep. they were defending. They had zero body control yesterday. Every crucial third down that could have got them off the field, it's either a, a, a pass interference or a holding or a legal hand set or whatever it was. Yeah, It was just so many issues to point out yesterday or last night, rather. It was, like I said, I got to a point where I just stopped paying attention to the game. I stopped paying attention. I start folding laundry. I start, I, start, I, I start preparing for Monday. You know what I mean? I'm doing whatever I can do to distract myself from this ass whooping once again. So two weeks in a row, you've got you got your ass beat by the San Francisco 49ers and the and the Dallas Cowboys. Two teams that we're only measuring you against. We're not measuring you against the Detroit Lions. I don't care what they do. We're not measuring you against the Lions. We're not measuring you against the Packers or the Falcons or or uh the, the Buccaneers or any team that's trying to get into the playoffs right now. We're not measuring you against the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. We're measuring you against the top two contenders outside of yourself in the NFC, Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. And you failed both tests miserably, unequivocally, unquestionably. You failed both tests in the highest degree. What was that scorecard again, Rob, over the past two games? What was it again? They've been outscored 75 to 32. 75 to 32. More than double. Two games in a row, you failed to score a touchdown in the first half. Right. Yesterday, you last night, you failed to score a touchdown at all. The only touchdown you got was from Fletcher Cox making a play and Jim Carter finishing the job. That is unacceptable. You begin to move the ball, and all of a sudden, the moment you get in plus territory, the moment you get in the red zone, Jalen Hurts fumbles. A.J. Brown fumbles. Devontae Smith fumbles. Every time they had a sign of life, somebody found a way to drink the poison. Every time they had a, every time they had a sign of life, somebody found a way to shoot themselves in the heart. I don't understand it. This team is too talented on the offensive side for them to, for, for them to be this, this for them to be this discombobulated. It doesn't make sense to me, Rob. No, it's it pretty, doesn't. It doesn't. There's a disconnect. I can say personnel. I can say that they're all. You know what that defense is, Rob? And I know I'm going off on a tangent. You know this. You know what that defense is, especially. And this is more. This more so goes towards. The back seven, not the front four, because the back because the front four has been carrying this team for the past two years. That back seven is all names and no production. Yeah, all names and no success. That's all they are. Darius Slade, James. If you told me you had a back a, a back four with Darius Slade, 
James Bradbury, Kevin Byard, uh, an uppercut Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby. If you if you if you told me if you told me those were your DBs on paper, you say, well, you're in pretty good shape. Well, guess what? That's not the case. Yeah, the, if the paper was in um, 2016, you'd feel great about it. The problem is the paper's in 2023, and they're all on the back end uh, in a big way. Uh, the, you know, look, it, I wish it was as simple as it's one thing. I wish we could just say, hey, the defense, man, has, has been terrible. They got to pick it up, but the offense has been great. And, and man, they're they're scheming this thing up and, and blah, blah, blah. And Hurts is an MVP candidate again and, and all that. I wish it was that. Hurts is turning the ball over at an alarming rate. 15 turnovers. Okay, alarming 15. rate. He had What did he have? Eight all of last year, okay? The offense lacks creativity, lacks any kind of rhythm. You never – I haven't all season felt like they played at their max at their peak. I haven't come away from a game saying, damn, the offense killed it all year. He has more turnovers in this season alone than he did in his past two seasons combined. Yeah. So there, there is a regression there, at least. Then you look at it from a defensive standpoint. They can't get off the field. Let me just give you these numbers. They're 28th in points, 29th in points per drive, 31st in passing touchdowns, 32nd in third down, and 30th in red zone. I said this last week. They're not just bad in certain categories. This is a bad, 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 bad defense across the board. They don't get to the quarter. I know they had three sacks last night. They don't get to the quarterback the way that they need to. Somebody you know, put a missing persons out for Josh Sweat. One sack in six games? Where's this guy at? Like, where is he? Listen, man. You know, and excuse me, you guys. I, I think I have a little cold day, so you guys are going to see me wipe my nose a couple times a day. But, you know, I'm battling through it. Um, the fact of the matter is this team doesn't believe in what they're doing. It's clear. They, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, fatigue is catching up. The first drive of for the defense, because they, they were on the field first. The first opportunity the defense had to get, you know, to get on the field, they looked like they were running in mud. I'm saying to myself, why do why do they look so slow? And then it, and then it even furthered my assumption when I saw how fast Dallas was getting off the get off the line of scrimmage. That defensive line was flying up the line of scrimmage. Those guys were flying downhill. The Eagles' defense seemed like they were playing in sand. So is it fatigue? I'm not buying that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think this team believes in their coaching staff. I don't believe it. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that they that they trust this coaching staff because from what I'm hearing from guys like Seth Joyner and Derek Gunn through the zeitgeist, this team, they're slowly imploding. And I don't know if Nick Sirianni has the answers. I don't know if he is the answer. I don't know if Brian Johnson is the answer. I don't know if Sean Desai is the answer. At the very least, I can say, well, Sean Desai doesn't have personnel on the offensive side. Mm -hmm. at, least yeah. I, at, least, at least I can say that, right? Well, I, I think so a couple things. I think Tina makes an interesting point. The problem with thinking winning is all that matters is you're not addressing the issues, but people love saying that. She's exactly right. Uh, look, I, I got everybody lost their mind on me the last two weeks when I said the Eagles are going to lose these games. OK, everybody got butt hurt because they don't want to hear, you know, a real opinion. They want me to get up here and just just wave the Eagles flag. I, I saw this coming. I said they go two and three in this stretch. Everybody thought I was out of my mind. I'm not doing this to take a victory lap. I'm not. I wish I was wrong, but I saw this coming. Uh, it, it was it, there were we always measure this team 
with yes wins, but we're also looking at it like, all right, can they are they good enough to win a Super Bowl? Are they good enough to get out of the NFC? And they were getting away with stuff that you don't normally get away with. Turnover margin, always, always a bugaboo. Third down, efficiency, always a bugaboo. They got away with all this stuff. Now, now that you've really stepped up in class with the Cowboys and the 49ers, because we're seeing the Chiefs aren't that good. Keeping it real here. They, they I don't it, write them off, but they're isn't not that it interesting. Good. The, the 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 two Super Bowl teams, they were they were just chugging along, trying to hold on for their life, hanging on by a thread. And at the same part of the season, both yeah. Super Bowl teams from last year have experienced two back-to-back losses. Yep. At the same point in the season. Is that coincidence? Is that happenstance? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's it's to me, it doesn't mean they're done. But here, here's my opinion on this team. I think you can. There's ways to get creative and make this uh, a better, certainly a better offense. For How, sure. Rob? How? Well, on defense. I mean, I mean, on defense or offense? No, I'm yeah. going offense. Okay. The problem t- t- is. Tell me how. Because no, my, my I'm biggest issue with this. is the other side of the ball, because your linebackers are below mediocre, and your defensive backs are way below mediocre. And if you're not getting more of a pass rush. You're, you're probably not going to win games because the odds that you're going to put up 40 or 35 every single game in the playoffs are slim to none. So that's what concerns me more than anything else. If you said to me, what, what's your biggest concern? Offense, defense, blah, blah, blah. It's defense. And it's not even close. I think the offense is way, is capable of way more than this. I don't know why it's bogged down the way it is. I don't know that Brian Johnson isn't just lost in the sauce or that Nick isn't just lost in the sauce right now or, or whatever. But the offense, like, uh, like, there's no doubt in my mind that Jalen, uh, Jalen and AJ and Devontae can all be way better than they're been than they've been. I don't know that the defense is capable of much more. I think this is kind of who the defense is. I think they're it's, just this team. You're right. You know what's so funny, right? Uh, and it's you said a lot there, and that, that that's what makes it so annoying. Not you, but this the whole everything about it. You you don't know where to go first. It's almost like thanksgiving right and you get a plate full of food you just don't know where to you don't know how you keep you, you keep you keep rotating your plate yeah. a little bit okay which angle do i want to approach this from right and i'm looking at this team i don't know which angle i want to rip them from yeah. i don't i don't know which part of their asses i want to kick first yeah because it's just you look at the defensive side and let's just start with the defensive line right they i it's hard for me to it's hard for me to go hard on the defensive line because they've been carrying this team, doing their best. And we're at a point in the season now where fatigue is setting in. And because the fatigue is setting in, and they know if they don't win, that defense doesn't win. Now they're now they're lacking discipline in their pass rush. Yeah. Now they're now they're losing containment, which is why quarterbacks are able to break out the pocket and make plays against them. They're losing containment. They're over-pursuing. And because they know in their minds, we can't depend on the guys behind us. So we have to make the play. So they're so they're being overly aggressive. And, and, and they're shooting their load so early. It's, they, they can't pass rush effectively and efficiently because they know they have no help on the back end. So when you over-pursue, it makes it easy for guys like Dak Prescott. You know, to break the pocket and do yep. whatever he wants to do. It makes a guy. It makes it easy for a guy like Brock Purdy, who's not really mobile, to get out and make plays. Then you take it a step further. The linebackers, Nick Morrow, dude, have you yeah. like? Come on now. He had little plays here and there, but can't tackle to save his life. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept going back and forth between him and uh Shaq Leonard. 
Um, Zach Cunningham still looks like he's struggling with that hamstring. Um, then Reed Blankenship gets hurt, gets hurt again. Yep. Uh, uh, James Bradbury just looks like a shell of himself. James Bradbury and Darius Slay are stealing money. Yeah. It's just that simple for me. I don't care what they say. I don't care what podcast he drops. He's still they're stealing money at this point. Uh, listen, Bradbury, did you yeah. see how the the lack of body control James Bradbury had all day? Did you see when I can't remember what receiver? I don't know if it was Brandon Cooks or whatever. He got beat so bad. Luckily, Sidney Brown. It was Sydney, it was Ceedee Lamb. Luckily, luckily Sidney Brown came over the top and found a way to disrupt it, and he and the receiver ended up dropping the ball. But James Bradbury got worked so bad all day. Kyrie Roseman has a task on his hands this offseason. You can't change a defense like this overnight and just in one offseason. You got to be, you got to pray for God's grace to get you through an offseason like this because yeah. he has his hands full. I, I think uh, I think Michael makes a good point. You know, when you have opportunities in sports, you've got to finish the deal. And last year, they were the best team in football all season. Okay. All season, they were the best team in football. And they simply wasted a great opportunity. Um, and the problem is it's really hard to get back. The Phillies, we've seen it the last two years. They got the game six of the World Series lost. They got they, they should have been in the World Series last year where I think they would have won it. They didn't. Um, and now the Eagles are paying the price for getting close and not being able to close it out. I don't know that they made the right call on either one of these coordinators. You know, all we were told was Brian Johnson and Hertz are are like, you know, peas and carrots, right? I mean, this is just going to this is going to be perfect. These two have known each other since since Hertz was a little kid. Well, you know, I, I don't know that. I don't I don't see a guy who who looks creative to me. I don't the most creativity we've seen from this team in the last three weeks is the Braden man punt fake punt. That's the most creative uh, offensive play that we've seen in the last two weeks from this team. They don't run a lot of motion. They don't run a lot of disguise stuff. It's just a lot of, hey, let's hope the playmaker makes a play and throw it up there, and it's slow developing. Uh, in fact, give me the – hey, Tony, do you have the Derek gun cut? Sure do. <laughs> so our buddy uh, Derek, who's still um, you know, in the slow process of, of just battling through you know, a lot with what's going on with Trish, his wife, and um, her well-being, uh, he hopped on the Jacob uh, postgame show last night with uh Seth and Mike and uh and Bill and and the the entire crew um and I thought had some very interesting things to say uh in general so just take a listen to this clip and we'll react off of this here's D gun I've been going back and forth with a couple of players in the locker room and I'm I'm like what the heck is going on first response I got back was we are very predictable I said predictable I said explain Look at our pass routes compared to the Cowboys' pass routes. Our pass routes take too long to develop. Dallas gets their bleep out real quick. And I think if you sit back and look at the game, look at how quick Dak Prescott gets the ball out of his hands compared to the way Jalen gets the ball out of his hands. I did not believe that Dallas's offensive line, a good offensive line, could manhandle the Eagles' interior. They ran the ball right after their tackles. I was I was extremely shocked by that. But they have played uninterested, uninspired football the last two games. Now, granted, you can go back and say, this team played three grueling games in a span of 14 days. Three grueling games. 
nobody's going to take that as an excuse. But I just think what I'm being told is, number one, they've become predictable. Number two, this defense is nowhere near what we thought it was. It's been smoke and mirrors. And we've touched on it time and time again throughout the season. And I think it's finally reared its ugly head against teams that are their equal and better. And number three, I think this has sent a message to everybody else on their schedule. You know what? We can beat this team. All right. So you heard that. Predictable, slow developing. Uh, you're muted, Tony. Predictable My and bad. slow developing. Okay. I'm, that that is coming directly. Let, let me tell you something. When let me be really clear. Derek Gunn's sources are oh, legit. impeccable. Legit. Impeccable. Okay. So if that's what the players are saying, then they feel defeated going into these games with the game plan. They don't believe in it. Yes. So that that's why you're seeing an offense that's so discombobulated, that's so out of rhythm all the time, where a club, I'm sure a game plan's being put in or a call, you know, a, a play is being called, and you could just I'm sure they're in the, the ends of the huddle like. Why are we keep running this play? Yeah, like, like can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? You know, working for a company and they keep and they keep giving you a, a certain memo or uh, they're giving you certain directives, and you know this memo or you know these you know these directives are not conducive to our overall success. Yep, you know they're a failed and true formula, and yet they still keep giving it to you. And all you can do is go into these meetings, which you know, with your team, and say, "Look, this is what they're saying up top, and um, this is what we have to do." And everyone's like, we've been through this time and time again. This does not move the needle for us. And I've been saying it all year, Rob. These I've been saying it to everybody on every platform that I could think of. These route concepts that they have these guys running, they take too long to develop. It's just that simple. Yep. They, they, they take so long to develop, it doesn't allow your quarterback to get into a rhythm. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, now he's you're forcing him to run for his life because the offensive and if, if your offensive line can give you three, if you if you have an offensive line that can give you three seconds in the pocket, you have a top tier offensive line. Top tier. Even if they give you 2.5, 2.8 seconds, you have a top tier offensive line. There's been moments of the season Jalen Hurts has had three seconds, 3.5, four seconds, and nothing is happening. These route concepts have no creativity. These route concepts take too long to develop. These route concepts are preventing your quarterback from getting into a rhythm. The team doesn't believe in the game plan anymore. Nick Sirianni, I don't trust him. Brian Johnson, I don't trust him. And this is where I am right now. This is where I am. I know I made an early season prediction about who's going to the Super Bowl. I don't – I called for a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl rematch, Eagles yeah. and Chiefs. I don't see it anymore. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't believe in it anymore. And I hate yeah. being the person that moves off of a – uh, moving up for offseason take, especially like a prediction. But based off what I'm seeing from both teams, but more, but most notably the Eagles, I do not believe in this team. I do not believe in this defense. I do not believe in the game plan. People are going to say, "Well, they're ten and three. Listen, relax. I do this the, ten and one looks like fool's gold now mm -hmm. because all the things that was going on in the first eleven games, we is happening now. But yep. they found a way to get away. They found a way to they found a way to get away with it. Mm -hmm. We've been fooled. We've been we, we we've been hoodwinked. It's, it's 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 sad. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's why it's easy to just look at it and say, "Hey, they're winning. Hey, they're winning." Is like a deodorant, right? And it's like, "Oh, hey, they're winning," and everything's fine. No, it's not fine. They were winning, okay, uh, but they were not winning 
in a way that was going to be conducive to long-term success this season against the big boys. That's what it was. Okay. That's what it was. Um, and FYI. So uh, if people want to um, be assholes in the chat, you're going to be gone. It's as simple as that people you, you want to be douchebags and scumbags. You want to have fun and bust balls because your team won. Oh, good. But if you're going to be a scumbag, you will not be on a show that I'll be a part of. Just an FYI. Trust me when I tell you that. And you keep coming back with your fake names, and I'll sniff right through it, and I'll continue to block your ass. So that that's as simple as that. Anyway. Simple as that. Back to what we were talking about. You so stupid um, games, you win stupid prizes. Yeah. So, um, look, and the other part of this thing, Tone, is they've allowed – not only is it the bad starts, how about the finishes? Okay? So they have allowed 64 points in the final two minutes before the half this year. That's the most in football. So they're not starting the first half good, and they're not finishing it. There's no level of consistency with this team at all. It's crazy. Um, I'm with I'm, I'm with you 100%, man. You know, it's so funny. Um, Seth Joyner says something really interesting. And, um, you know, I would love – I would love to play it for you. If we, if yeah, you please. Like. I, I, look, man. The more I can hear uh, from from our folks, the the better. As far as I'm concerned, because yeah, it 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 just it just screams everything that we've been talking about. Listen to this here. Okay. I feel like you know we've kind of been lulled to sleep with how they played. Um, and I'm 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 really mad at myself because I knew better all along, but I didn't want to take, you know, the public smoke of a team that was undefeated and then eight and one and nine and one and ten and one. I didn't want to take the public smoke because that's what everybody that's all everybody wanted to say. Well, you know, what are you complaining about? You know, then they're eight and they're eight and oh, they're they're nine and one, they're ten and one, and now all oh, that they're, they're ten and two, they're ten and three. Well, the truth of the matter is, you know, they've shown us all season long. You know, one of my mottos is it's as it's, it is as important how you win as if you win, because it's a telltale sign of what's to come. You know, your future performances always give us a preview of what your past performances, I should say, always gives us a, a, a future preview of what your game is going to look like. And they haven't, you know, even though they've won and they've stacked some wins, they haven't been in dominating fashion. You know, they've eked out some wins, you know, even in some games where they should have won. Other teams made mistakes, you know, that that had a game fall into their lap. But as we get to the most critical time of the season, all of those flaws and all of those things that we saw that were wrong with this team early on that we ignored you know, that we were pressured to ignore just because they were winning, they're, they're, they're coming to fruition right now in a massive way. And for us to think that, you know, those are going to get fixed or they could be rectified, I just feel like we're 100% wrong. And I think we're fooling ourselves, you know, to believe that this team is going to run the table for the last four games of the season and go into the, the playoffs at this point in time, you know, and do anything special. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, well said. Well well said by Seth there. Um, I, I think he did. You know, it, it's not – and it was an interesting admission. You know, he didn't – He didn't. He, in, in his opinion, this is his words, not my words. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll get to, to the offensive coordinator in a second, J.H., but, yeah, I, I hear you. 
Um, look, uh, the the notion that um, that it's hard to take the stance of 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 hey, they're they're ten and one. And I'm seeing things that I don't like. It's like because everybody's just going to clap back with, "Hey, because you, you know what it is? They they call you a hater, right? They call you a hater. And look, I was one of those people. I'll I'll, I'll fall on a sore with Seth. I was one of those guys yeah. that, you know, I kept saying to myself, "Well, look, even though it hasn't been pretty, this kind of stuff helps you in the playoffs because you're not because if everything's not going to be perfect in the playoffs, right? So so uh, when you go through these situations, it it, it battled t- it it hardens you, right? But I took. I took I took it for granted, and I I overestimated this team's diligence. I overestimated um, their ability to get over the struggles because it's okay to have some games scattered in there, right? You know when you experience this, but when you really look at when you really look at the season from beginning to end, this team is exactly who they showed us to be. My mom always told me this: when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Don't try to change them. Don't try to don't try don't try to dress it up, put some makeup on it, and you know do it. When someone shows you who they are, yep, believe them. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And they were, I'm telling you, what they were doing. You could say in in a word is resilient, definitely. But another word for it is they were getting fortunate. Um, some of it was level of competition. Some of it was just the breaks. I mean. You know, uh, Valdez Scantling dropping a ball or other things happening that allowed you to to overcome, right? And for me, the more I the, the more that we've seen as time has gone on, there were holes that were there that maybe other teams weren't ex- weren't exposing, and teams that are as good as the 49ers and the Cowboys, and they're both really good, uh, exposed them in a big way. And the Eagles got, you know, got got smoked. And that's the other part. The other thing with this tone is if you had lost either one of these games in, in a tight fashion where you can't, you know, you know, look, if you go down to Dallas where they've won 14 straight going in the last night and you lost a really close game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, you're bummed, but it looks totally different today than it did. You went down there and all the same stuff happened. You turned it over, you're getting killed at the half and you, you know, and then even last night insult the injury, you couldn't score a touchdown offensively. If they're not reason for concern, then you don't want to you don't want to see it. I mean, I, I know it's easy to just say, "Hey, we all thought this would be a tough stretch." So big deal. No, they went no, in Seattle. They're three this and two. This is beyond it's that. It's deeper beyond than that. that. It's way. There's nuance to this, man. They don't look like they belong in the same room. Yeah. As the Niners and the Cop. Let's let's call it what it is. Yep. I'm, I've I've watched these games from beginning to end. The Niners and the Cowboys are playing at two different speeds than the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. It's it's that simple. I know Eagles fans don't want to hear that. And I know I say all the time, you know, we have a responsibility to be optimistic in some fashion. But guess what? Today's Monday, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like being optimistic today. Okay, maybe you'll give me, maybe I'll be optimistic by Thursday or Friday. But today, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to peel ass. I'm here to whoop ass. Like, like, like this. This this team does not belong in the Super Bowl. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what your heart's telling you. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. We've right. seen the games. We've seen how they played all year. This team. Has not been playing up to snuff. This team has been treading water all season. This team has been hanging on by a thread. And I've been drinking the Kool-Aid and I've been fighting and I've been screaming the fight song and I've been screaming guts, glory, and all that stuff. I've been I've been doing all that. I've been doing all that. Look at A-Track. We'll, we'll be see, fine. This, this is, is the mentality th- that got us here in the first place. Yeah, this is an issue. We'll that be I fine. Have. 
And Atrix, a, thank you for supporting the show, by the way. Yeah, right. no, appreciate on, it. But like, it, it. So let let's dissect this comment a couple of different ways. I I don't think anybody's calling for you to stop being an Eagles fan or jump off the bandwagon or say there's no chance for them to win a Super Bowl. At least at least that's not what we're doing. I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't think that's what either Tone or I are doing. But you're allowed to be pissed off after your team lays two duds and looks like it, it isn't a good a, a good enough to get out of the NFC. You're absolutely allowed to be. You don't have to be fine and calm down, especially on Monday. You have every right to be up in arms and ticked off and calling it out, calling it out. I can't be the, hey, they'll be fine. I'm an Eagles fan. I can't do it. I won't no. do it. I so, anyway, again, I appreciate and yeah. I appreciate a track. Yeah, not thank you, track. You know, yeah. Um, this this energy isn't really towards you. It's just it's just the notion yeah. that they'll be fine, and yeah. we've been saying that all year. They'll be. Right. Fi- it's week. We're going into week fifteen now. Well, still yeah. Monday. Night, well, yeah, Monday starts going, so we're still in week fourteen. But we're going into week fifteen now, mm-hmm. and we're and we we can't keep saying they'll be fine. Yeah. They had an opportunity. To make a statement against their two NFC rivals in the Cowboys and the Niners, the only two teams they're right. going to have to worry about in this conference. Yeah, they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they beat the Bills. Yeah, they beat the Dolphins. But they ain't got to worry about them in the playoffs until they until it's time to worry about them. Yeah, that those wins are cool. But when you when you but when when it when it comes to the teams that you're going to have to go through to get to where you want to go. And you've shown that not only can't you beat them, you can't even hang with them. Not only mm-hmm. can you hang with them, you don't even belong near them. You're not breathing the same air. You're not drinking the same water. You're not even in the same ecosystem. They yeah. plan, they they plan in the deep end of the pool. You still got your water wings on. Let's not pretend the Philadelphia Eagles are playing at that level because we have not seen the Philadelphia Eagles play at that level all season long. Those Keep two teams, one hundred. Your your two chief rivals took you apart. Yeah, you you, you, you didn't just lose by three or ten or seven or you know you had a game. You know you were driving down the field and all of a sudden uh, turnover on a on a potential game winning drive. You know or can you miss the field? This this isn't that. They failed to put up twenty points in back to back weeks. Last night they didn't produce an offensive touchdown. Let that sink in. You we had to we had to go to sleep on this. You guys, I've had an opportunity to sleep on it. They couldn't score a touchdown on offense. They would have lost 33-6 to if Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter don't make that play. Think about that. But you know what, Rob? You know what they say, right? We'll be okay. We'll be okay. (laughs) Don't you you get it, Rob? We're going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. No, it is not. All right, so when we come back, Let's look at the offensive side. We're going to start with Jalen Hurts. And we're also going to look at A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, who had two monster turnovers themselves, a non-impactful running game, an offensive line that certainly isn't playing at their best, these disgraceful slow starts, a lot to get into when we come back. We will dive into the defensive side. We're going to look at the conference standings. we got a lot to dissect here, friends, and we are going to do it. All right, that's Tone DeShields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza because it, nothing would hit the spot better than some Bravo Pizza right now to to, to drown out your sorrows. Yes, uh, family owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. Fresh food daily. Alex and his crew are in there every single day, producing the best variety that you could possibly have. Twenty different styles of pizza daily, slices to go. 
Uh, they have the you name it. They'll make it specialized pizza your way if you're not up for pizza. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, they also get daily specials and promotions there also. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, PA. Give a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money. 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Appreciate you hanging with us. It is Monday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Hit the like button if you could, friends. We would appreciate that. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're dissecting this 33-13 Eagles loss in which they did not score an offensive touchdown. So let's stay with the offense for a minute here, Tone. 25 points scored in the last two games. Completely unacceptable. A little more than 12 points per game. Uh, zero TDs for the first time offensively in 95 games. This goes back to pre-pandemic the last time they didn't score an offensive <laughs> touchdown. So we're going back a ways here. Um, and there's any number of fingers to point. Let's start with this. Uh, you know, Jalen, you know, the, the ironic part is tone. It w- they were putting together actually a really nice drive. Like they were, fumbled. I, I, I then really he fumbles like the ball. The- yeah, then he fumbled the ball. Exactly right. But I really liked, like I, I was, I, I, ch- I charted it. So let me just give you what they were doing here. They're going down the field. They were using Goddard. They were, they were, there were some, you, you, there was still a lot of good things happening, man. Um, passes over the middle, um, a bunch of good stuff, but, but it ends on the, basically their Eagles are first and 20 on their 31 and Wilson strips Jalen and the Cowboys recover his fifth fumble on the season is at his 15th turnover. Um, but here's the problem. He fumbled it right on the 20 yard line. You had a fumble and you had three penalties on that drive. Like, you know, this is again, we talk about the starts. They're not ready. They're not ready. And the thing is, Jalen's run the ball so many times in his career. He's not one of those guys who's a traditional pocket passer who gets out of the out of the pocket. They don't know what they're doing. They're holding the ball out here. No, he he's he knows how to run like a running back. This can't continue to be happening. So he's got to be better than he's been. You know what's crazy about it? They claim they're trying to protect him by not running the RPUs. Yet they yet they run them on quarterback design runs all the all the damn time. Yeah, you're making you're not making any damn sense. So Jalen Hurts, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you're eating your breakfast. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you're too focused on the game day fits. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, Jalen Hurts got to tighten up. And 15 turnovers. Through, what is it? Uh, thirteen games 13 played. Thirteen games. Yep. Fifteen turnovers to thirteen games played. You're averaging over one turnover per game. Let's be let's be frank about this, okay? Jalen Hurts has not played great football, um, in terms of turning the ball over. Yep. Right. And it's it's sad because outside of the turnovers, you look at the stat line, you say, okay, he's been productive. But the fact of the matter is, you keep turning the ball over. You become a drive killer. You killed that first drive. Mm-hmm. Your team was moving the ball. Y'all were somehow, some way, y'all were weathering the weathering the storm of penalties because the rest were calling that game tight. And oh, you we- a lot of flags and, early. Yeah, and you and you weathered that storm somehow. 
and then you fumbled the ball. Yep. You fumbled the damn ball in the red zone. What world are we living in? It's, like, you you got to be you got to be better. I mean, you they he that fumble cost in the Jets game. He's turning the ball over just far too much. Interceptions and fumbles, you know, in particular. Yeah, and if you look at it, so Hurts 15 turnovers a season, six fumbles. He had six fumbles his first three seasons. So, you know, we're not counting slice the it any way you want. Because he fumbled more than that. I know. Just that he, That's just the, the ball, lost fumbles. Right. The ball, the ball just happened to bounce his way. Yeah. But he's fumbled way more than that this year. Way more. Way more. And it's not good enough. It's not acceptable enough. And go back to what Gunner was saying. <laughs> the, the players. This has come from the players. This isn't just us. The plays are too slow developing. They're taking too long. There's a lack of creativity. Let me give you an example, Tony. Okay. Um, so this is from Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network. And this is the, the these numbers come from NFL Research, at NFL Research. Since the Cowboys lost to the Eagles in week nine, okay, since then, they've gone five and oh, and they're averaging 40.2 points per game. You know, we sat there and we laughed at Mike McCarthy and we laughed at Dak. And we left at the Cowboys, and I did the Sixers comparison. They're great in the regulars. But, you know, I did it. Me. All right? But this is a team that's improving as the season's going on. This is a team that is that has cleaned up whatever issues they had early and corrected them. The Eagles are going the other way. Their, the other way. their issues are piling up, whereas the Cowboys are, like, streamlining this thing and, you know, doing their thing. It's it, they're going And look at the, the Niners every week are machine-like, whether it's Debo, whether it's Kittle, McCaffrey, whatever, Ayuk, every week. And it's like the Eagles, it's like, ah, AJ, make a play. Devontae, make a play. It's not acceptable. The, the Eagles are like a toddler playing Madden. They're just throwing deep balls all day. Yeah. Trying, you know, ho- ho- hoping the best player catches the ball. Like, I'm looking at, all I can do is, and look, like I, I don't want people to think I'm letting Jalen Hurts off the hook here. He definitely's getting his fair share. You know what I mean? We go, we, we we still got a whole two hours left to really get this thing going. So, best believe, I've ripped Jalen Hurts at the top of, at the top of this segment. He's 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 going to get his for sure. Uh, but when you see when you see teams like the Cowboys and 49 are steadily improving, you see them you see them handling their issues little by little, and you see the issues piling up for a team like Philadelphia Eagles. That's coaching to me. Yeah, that's coaching to me. There's a lack. There's a lack of attention to detail in that building, and Novikov complex, and it goes back to the top. Nick Sirianni. This is see 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 see. This is where guys get exposed, right? All that rah rah and all that kind of stuff that you do. Um, this is where guys get exposed. Now you really have to coach. Now you now you really have to be a leader of men, yeah. right? How can you rally this team after getting mollywopped? What's that scorecard again, Rob? Seventy five what? 75-32. 75-32. How are you going to rally this team after losing two straight games with a combined scorecard of 75-32? You've been outscored 75-32 over the past couple of games. How will you coach this team going forward, Nick Sirianni? Who are you at this point? What kind of coach are you? Now we're asking you to dig deep into your Rolodex, yeah. to dig deep into your mental catalog. How creative can you be? Because I'm looking at the Niners, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Cowboys, and they're using and they're utilizing all their players. It doesn't matter who gets paid what. Mm-hmm. I don't care 
you know, people, you know, and I love Johnny Mullen to death, but he always says, follow the money. That's, you know, that, you know, that's how they're, you know, that's how they're going to, you know, game plan. You know, the, the best players or the highest paid guys get to get to get the plays or whatever. Yep. I'm sorry, John, much love to you, but I'm not buying that. I don't believe in that philosophy not one bit. And I'm not saying that's John's philosophy. He's saying that's how the Philadelphia Eagles think. And it's clear in how they call plays. I don't buy that. The fact of the matter is, I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys finding ways to get the ball in Turpin's hands, finding ways to get the ball in Brandon Cook's hands, mm-hmm. Gallup's hands. Finding, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the 49ers trying to uh, find a ways to get the ball. Who scored that touchdown? Um, who scored Lamb that? Lamb had the first one. Is that the, which one you know, you're talking about? In the 49ers game, who scored? Who, who scored their last touchdown? Their last touchdown. He broke the tackle when. Um, oh, Juwan scored. Jennings. Juwan Juwan Jennings. What game paid what? Who Lord God knows? Yeah, what. he's their. He's one of their. Love, probably they, lowest paid guys. They yeah. find a way to get the ball in everyone's hands. Everyone right. is a threat on the field when you watch the 49ers, when you watch the Cowboys. Everyone is a threat on the field. The, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, if it ain't AJ, it's Smitty. If it ain't Smitty, it's AJ. They yeah. barely know how to get Dallas Goddard involved anymore. Right. They barely want to get Smitty. Well, he, he was active in the first series, and then we didn't see him. It felt like the rest of the way. Exactly. So, again, this is where Nick Sirianni, who are you at this point? Yeah. What kind of coach are you? When are you going to look in the mirror and say, hold on, wait, I, I have to do a better job. You know what I mean? You know, p- people want to say, well, you point to personnel, you know, like execution. Nah, man. I The offense side, they're too talented for them to look like this. I agree. They're and too the talented thing, for them to look like this. And I know, you, you know, when you bring this up, most of the people who cover the team, and I, I, I saw, I witnessed it last week, push back and, uh, but you're telling me they don't need to run it better? And get DeAndre Swift involved more, more creatively, more right. creatively. I'm not. Ta- I'm not sitting here calling for a 50-50 split of run pass. What I'm calling for is get one of your weapons, who who has hit, was incredibly effective for you early in the year, involved again. He's not involved either in the passing game or the running game. So I, I push back against this notion that you don't need to run. Oh, okay. Well, fi- figure out a way to get DeAndre Swift involved because there isn't really anybody else. I know they like to give game well the ball every once in a while in Scott and Rashad Penny. I'm not sure why he's on the roster because he's inactive every game, but get DeAndre Swift involved a little bit more and they just don't do it. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the Cowboys run all these different kinds of motions and I'm seeing, I'm seeing them, uh, I'm seeing them run jet sweeps. I'm seeing them run uh, uh, pitch plays and I, pitch plays out of the shotgun and, I, I'm just I'm just seeing them do creative ways to get the ball into their playmakers' hands, finding a way to put the ball in their playmakers' hands in space, right? And when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles, it's like AJ Brown or bust, Devontae Smith or bust. Hey, when all else fails, hey, quarterback draw with Jalen Hurts. There is no this coaching staff has been living off the lifeblood of the talent on this roster, and. I spoke about this with Dan Cilio, and I think and I think he was one of the first ones to bring it up. Why would you bring in, or why would you hire or elevate rather, an inexperienced training wheels offensive coordinator for your fifty million dollar quarterback, a quarterback that you're investing ten years of money in, yeah, years, I, I, fifty I, million I, a year, but you bring in a guy who lacks the experience on the NFL level calling plays. To, to maximize Jalen Hurts' talent. Here's the answer I can give, Tone. And th- this is just my guess. They felt like because he was here, because he was a part of 
you know, the system that they had run under Steichen and, and Nick, that he would be a seamless transition. And you'd rather have somebody from in-house than out-of-house who has to reacclimate to an entire system. And I that think was they my just, mindset, too. Right. And I think they just felt like he was ready. Um, you know, the other part of this thing is, real, and I know we're going to get to the defense, so I don't want to do too much on this, but real, just sort of on a related note. You know, when Sean Desai got an opportunity in Chicago, and granted, Chicago stunk talent-wise. Yeah, they had no talent. He, he, they were terrible under him. They weren't good. And it, I don't know that it's a coincidence that they're bad again. You know, I, the jury's out whether they made mistakes here with these with these assistants. And Siri, uh, Brian Johnson made more sense, I think, because he was here. Because everybody, every, every, no matter who you are, eventually it's going to be your first time, either being a coordinator or being a coach, right? And he was a very hot commodity where what we're hearing, somebody else would have hired him up to be their offensive coordinator too. So I can't kill them for, for doing it, but I just am disappointed that it hasn't looked more creative. And I thought there would be a real kinship and chemistry with Jalen and he because of their relationship. And and I don't know that he's not afraid to get on Jalen maybe the way that he needs to because they're too friendly. I wonder if that's a little bit of a thing. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? You just reminded me of something. McMullen said this as well. He said, um, you know, as much as we kill Brian Johnson, this is Nick Sirianni's game plan. Yeah. Brian Johnson's just calling the plays. This is, but the, but the game plan, the play selection that's being called, handpicked by Nick Sirianni. So now I'm looking at Nick Sirianni. You developed this playbook. This is, you know, this, this is your scheme on offense. Where's the creativity, Nick? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where is, uh, you know, wh- where are the rock concepts that allow you to get your quarterback in rhythm? But here's here's something that we always tend to forget that we don't talk about much because we've been blinded by success. Nick Sirianni, remember, Doug Peterson was fired first. Yes. And then they hired Nick, and then Carson Wentz got traded. Right. What happened was, and this is me trying to put the pieces together here, I believe they hired Nick in hopes of keeping Carson Wentz calm, so to speak, in hopes that that would maybe change his tune. Because they already remember they paid Carson Wentz already by firing Doug. They drew the line on the sand. We're choosing the quarterback over the coach, but Carson Wentz still wanted out. So at that point, now they got Nick Sirianni here, and they're hoping, okay, can. Jalen Hurts be the guy now. Jalen Hurts is going to have to, you know, step in. So Nick Sirianni wasn't hand-picked for Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni was actually picked for Carson Wentz. And then you saw it play out in 2021 in the first seven games. They went two and five with Nick Sirianni calling plays. Because Nick Sirianni likes a drop-back guy. Remember, think about the guys he's coached. Phillip Rivers. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. he worked. I think he worked with Andrew Luck as well. Yes. Guys that drop back, mm-hmm. not not really dual threat guys. I know they worked with Jacoby Brissett for a little bit, but that's not really what the kind of quarterback he's used to, right? So, in saying all that, Nick Sirianni's playbook is it conducive to Jalen Hurts' success? Because remember, they switched play callers at that point and. Shane Steichen says, okay, I need to maximize this kid. Forget, yeah. for, for, forget, the, forget what we've been doing the first seven games. What can I do to maximize him? And then you saw Jalen Hurts get into a rhythm in 2021. And then Shane Steichen's hair for the follow-up year. And then all of a sudden you see Jalen Hurts unleashed, right? You see Jalen Hurts being maximized to his fullest potential. Shane Steichen leaves. 
Now Jalen Hurts turns back into a pumpkin. Nick Sirianni turns back into a pumpkin. So Nick, I'm telling you, what we're seeing here is the 2-5 and five Philadelphia Eagles with more talent on the offensive side. This is exactly what we're seeing. They've been yeah. masking the inefficiencies in the game plan with the talent. But now we see you, Nick. You've been exposed, Nick. Yeah. Step your weight up, Nick. It's not a coincidence that, look, Steichen has proven what he's capable of. I mean, he he is doing amazing. I know they lost yesterday, but he's doing amazing things with a not a lot, Okay. So I think the more that this goes on, the more that we sort of ha have the ability to step away from this thing, we see how much they miss Steichen and maybe how much Steichen made up for maybe some of Nick's shortcomings um, and or Brian Johnson may have sort of just been along for the ride while Steichen really ran this ship on the offensive side. And now that he's gone, both are maybe being exposed to an extent from an offensive perspective, from a scheming perspective, from an in-game adjustment perspective. I mean, think about the talent that's here. You got a runner-up MVP at quarterback. You have A.J. Brown, who you could have argued early in the season was second behind Tyreek Hill in terms of receivers. You have Devontae Smith, who in his own right is an absolute one. You have Dallas Goddard. You have DeAndre Swift, who when, when utilized is really good. You have an offensive line that you could argue is, is the best in football. If it's not, it's in the top three. And, and you have this kind of stuff happening. And I like I get it. I respect the 49ers and the Cowboys, how good they are. But for you to look the, as bad as you've looked offensively the last two weeks, I'm sorry, man. That's you. That's not them. That's a you thing. Exactly. And it's so sad, you know, saying all these things because I'm such a diehard Eagles fan. And my dad texted me last night. And – I want to I want to read it to you guys. My dad texted me last night and he was pissed. And I know exactly how my dad gets when he like we we used to watch the games together back, back in Philly. Yeah. He texted me. The Eagles are starting to look really embarrassing. Flat yeah. out. Yeah. And then and then he and then and then this is and then this is prior to uh and this is after the 49ers game. Where was our defense? And Hurts sucked this game. My dad calls it like it is. My dad sucked a in the last game too. He, right, he, he, but right. Yeah. The, so he sent me two texts. I, I, the first one I read was from the Cowboys game. The, the, yep. the, the, the latter one I read was from the, the Niners, Niners game. Yep. So my dad is a passionate Eagles fan. He watches this team religiously. Anytime he looks for some insight, he reaches out to me if he wants to, you know, get, you know, get some kind of sort of, you know, information. He knows I, I, he knows I'm connected a little bit more now because I do what I do. But like he he tries to just get some insight, whatever. Yeah. And you know my my, my my dad's looking at this team like, who the hell are they? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Yeah. It's too much talent mm -hmm. on the offensive side. And this segment is offensive specific. There's too much talent. Yes. Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas God, Dallas God. You got that offensive line. You got DeAndre Swift. No one's saying DeAndre Swift is a top five running back, but you still have a a, a viable running back in the NFL. And you can't find a way to make these guys look better than what they're looking now. Yeah. This coach, this coach that's is holding them back. Think about, you know, again, I'm not, I don't want to harp on this, but Shane Steichen is doing it with just nothing. Okay. And he's got them at seven and six and, and possibly, a, you know, going to be a playoff berth. That's what good coaches do. 
You coach around your issues. You coach up, okay? And at least on the offensive side of the ball, you can make a really strong case to say there's tons of talent there that's being underutilized. I'm not excusing Sean Desai because he's about to get it next. But when you look at that side of the ball, when you're rolling out Shaq Leonard, who was on the street, Nicholas Morrow, who you cut, Zach Cunningham, who was on the street, keep working your way back. It looks like Bradbury's fallen off a cliff. Slay's nowhere near the same guy he was. Roby was on the street. Uh, Blankenship is a young kid who's learning. Like, there's Blankenship way more. Their highest ra- Blankenship was their highest rated DB. Right. No doubt. And the only problem is he can't stay on the field because he throws his body around like a right. maniac. But the, but and and that's an, that's an issue too because he, he's in concussion protocol. He may not play against the Seahawks. That's a problem. So, um, you know, this kind of stuff. It, it, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, there's way more players involved. There's way more good players on that side of the ball for this to be looking the way that it's looking. It is. It, it's just it, it's not acceptable what's happening. And whether that's Nick, look, and, and the truth be told. It's Nick, it's Brian Johnson, and it's the players. Yep. Everybody's and, coming up small here yep. for this team right now. And before we get out of here, yeah, we didn't get a chance to play our second Seth clip. For right, this. Let's, let's do it. So let's play it real quick. Let's absolutely out, do it. Yep. Before we get out of this segment because it, it highlights everything we've been talking about. On the offensive side of the ball, I've never seen a bunch of guys, you know, play the game so lacklusterish. Like, A.J. Brown looked like he was disinterested all night, you know. And I, I just don't it, – It's there's enough blame to go around everywhere, you know. And after losing to two of the best teams, not only in your conference, but in the whole National Football League, this football team is in trouble. They're in trouble because in the NFC right now, in my opinion – the only team that they may have a snowball's chance in hell of beating if they get into the playoffs is the Detroit Lions. That, that That's the only team, the way that things are structured, that they may face, that's, that's the only team that they have a shot at beating, okay? And I'm almost to the point now where we look at the end of the schedule and we say, well, you know, we got these for sure wins. They might not beat the damn Giants. Right. They, 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 might not beat the, they might not beat the Cardinals down the stretch. Listen, you laugh. Mike, uh, Mike, you're, you're no, laughing. No, I, I, I'm, I'm They're that bad. The way you're saying it. I, I don't think that they will lose the Giants. No, you don't Arizona. think so. You uh, don't... I, I think the Seattle game all of a sudden becomes a little tougher than we originally thought. So the Seattle game, uh, just to pick up on that. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll two things on that. One, to assume anything is a given with the way that they're playing right now, it's not. The Cardinals generally play close games. I'm not telling you they're good. They're not good. But they generally play close games. And they did beat the Cowboys earlier in the year, for, for what it's worth. The other part is Seattle is in desperate straits right now. They are they are a mess, okay? Mm-hmm. They're a mess. So to think you're going to go into a place that you haven't won since 08 and it's an automatic – is wrong. Yeah. And guess what? Eagles fans, if you don't think the Cardinals and the Giants are trying to play spoiler, you've lost yeah. your damn minds. Yep. They smell blood and they oh, would yeah. love, they would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't appease them. It, it, you don't think Jonathan Gannon is telling his guys, oh yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait Big to knock this time. Off. 
Exactly. You don't you don't think the Giants are like okay we, we got to play spoiler this yeah. like our whole season's been a disaster. Let's knock them they, off once. They, they smell blood. Yeah, the blood is in the water. The sharks are circling. Yep. Now the question is, can the Philadelphia Eagles find a way to to to, to, to get the land? Can they find a way to plug the holes in the ship? I don't know. Yeah. I don't at, the, at this point. You know what's so crazy? Last night might have been the most unemotional. Game, I've, I, I, the, the, the most, the, 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 the least amount of emotion I've given to a game. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the game, and my wife's like, "Damn, Tony, you're kind of calm." Yeah, and I'm saying to myself, "I just, I don't have it. I just don't have, I, I, I just don't have it tonight." Because after that first fumble, I'm thinking to myself, you "Yeah, just took I it kinda, out of you." I kind of know where this is going. Yeah, and then the second one, I'm like, "All right." Then the third one, okay. <laughs> so you know. I'm not giving any emotion to any game I watch for the rest of the season. At this point, they're on a week to week. They're on a week to week basis with me. It's yeah. just that simple, Rob. I agree with you. I, look, I because here's the thing: when you get hyped, you get so up for a game. You know, I'm like like Eagles. Well, last two weeks, for example. But but you know, all right, last night they're going to bounce back and make a statement in Dallas. And all right, here we go. Dallas goes right down the field surgically, right, and scores. You're like, damn. Okay, well maybe it's going to be one of those games where it's a shootout. Then the Eagles start marching, and when when Jalen turns that over, you're like, here we go again. And then everything the rest of that first half, as it unfolded, felt like what we've been seeing continually, right, over and over again. And that takes all the wind out of your sails. Like, I can't tell you how many friends, Tone, hit me up, and we're like, hey, at least I'm not going to be beat tomorrow at work because I'm going to bed at the half. I'm like, look, dude, I don't fault you if that's what you're doing because they, they were convinced the Eagles weren't coming back. The only glimmer of a prayer where you felt like maybe, and even then I, I gotta be honest, I didn't have a lot of confidence was the strip sack. And then, and then Carter takes it in at yep. that point, it was 24 13. So it's technically a two possession game. And you're like, all right, maybe the defense starting to get a couple holds here. But even then I gotta be honest with you. I never felt like the Eagles were making a comeback in this game last night. I didn't. Yeah, you wanted to believe it, but she's like, mm, yeah, you're kidding yourself into like you're trying to trust yourself. I don't trust this defense to remain disciplined enough for two straight quarters and prevent and, and hold the Cowboys to 24 points. And, and let's face it, they took their the foot off the gas, too. Of course they did. Yeah. Of course they did. Yeah. All right. Let's come back with the defense uh, because there is a I'm telling you, you can make a case across the board. This is the worst defense in football. It's certainly the worst, in my opinion, contending team defense in football so we'll run some numbers past you we have another cut from seth which you're going to want to hear uh on the defense as well but a lot of stuff to get into some really troubling trends here defensively so we'll do all of that when we come back don't go anywhere i want to tell you about jim murray and principal financial group so uh finding that that person who you can trust with your finances who actually knows what they're doing can be challenging right and and i it was hard for me for a long time to find that right person and i did and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, whether it's 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help getting your employee benefits off the ground, or it could be something else that you're not really sure how to go about it, what a good plan is. Uh, Jim and Principal Financial Group are great with that. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give them a call, 610-996-4751, 996-4751 or online or email. You can email them actually. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal 
Bet.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Monday. Man, it's sure a lot more fun when they win, that's for sure. But the Eagles lost 33. All, all having fun, Rob. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm having tremendous amounts of fun. Aren't, I can aren't, tell. Can, can't you tell? I can tell. I, I can tell. I, I, I'm, I'm just letting loose, letting my personality just paint the walls. Let it flow, man. Let it flow. All right. So, um, Tone, let me, I'm just going to reiterate this. 28th in points per game talking defense now 28 in points per game points per drive 29th yards per game 22nd passing touchdown 31st third downs 32nd red zone 30th horrendous okay 
Um, let me take it a step further here for you. I, I have so many notes that I'm just, I'm losing my mind with how many notes that I have. So the Eagles are a plus 21 point differential this season. You know what they were this time last year? Plus 138. So they're plus 21 this year through 13 games. Last year they were plus 138. Okay. You, you want to talk about a difference? Just bad. Just bad. Um, Shane jumps in. The D is constructed badly. Back seven are all guys. We're cherry-picked off other teams. We don't draft and develop our own. That's on Howie. The dude's washed. I, I don't think Howie's washed. Um, but I think there's there's reasons for concern. Um, th- th- there you go. All right. So uh, a couple things here. 109 points allowed last three games. That's an average of 36.3. They allowed 10 straight drives at one point. If you take the kneel down away at the end of the 49er game where they weren't trying to score, 10 straight drives with points, Tone, either a touchdown or a field goal into last night's game. Um, 11 touchdown drives of 75 yards or more in the first 11 games. They've had eight in the last five quarters. Eight touchdown drives of 75 plus or more in the last five quarters. They can't get off the field. They can't stop anybody. They're getting beat in all kinds of different ways. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Oh, man. All you can do is laugh to keep from crying, Mr. Ellis. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Um, Somebody had a um, somebody had a, a post that I starred because it really stood out to me, right? Uh, it was uh, the blonde boy. He says, why are we not talking about Gannon running a 100% different defense in Arizona? This goes deeper than Desai. Yes, it's a philosophical and, thing. And um, thank you, uh, the blonde boy, for you know your input. That really um, that really resonated with me because I think Seth Joyner brought this up as well. He says, there's a common denominator here. Jim Schwartz yep. gave up over 500 total yards in the Super Bowl and refused to address it. He ends up he ends up leaving the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and he takes some time off. Then he goes to be a a consultant for the Tennessee Titans. Then he eventually takes on the DC role with the with the um, Cleveland Browns, and that defense just looks electric. Not just from a talent perspective, but just how they approach defense, right? The philosophy, just what they're doing, their tendencies—they look amazing. A completely different style of defense that we saw in Philadelphia when he had pass rushers of that caliber, maybe not Miles Garrett caliber because he's one of one, but he had legit pass rushers that can do damage, but a completely different defensive philosophy from when he won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles versus him with the Browns. Jonathan Gannon goes to the Cardinals, a completely different philosophy than what he'd call in Philadelphia. So now that begs the question, Jim Schwartz is gone. Jonathan Gann is gone. Sean Desai is in the building, yet the defense is still the same yeah. from a philosophy standpoint. Mm-hmm. So who's really the culprit? Did we did we point the finger at Jonathan Gannon unjustly? Did we rip Jim Schwartz unjustly? Are we ripping Sean Desai unjustly? Who's responsible for wanting this defensive philosophy in place? Is it Harry Roseman? 
Is it Nick Sirianni? Somebody fill me in because now we're two coordinators deep into the Nick Sirianni era and we have not been pleased with the philosophy two straight times. Yeah. I the mean, only difference is Jonathan Ganning was winning the statistical battle in year two. Correct. Correct. So the side is losing the statistical battle. And on top of that, losing the personnel battle as well. So I, before when they hired Desai, I tried to tell everybody it's going to look very similar. Everybody hated Jonathan Gannon. Everybody crapped all over Jonathan Gannon. I get it. And he didn't have a good Super Bowl, but I thought he was a good defensive coordinator. I, I was on an island, but I was on the hill, you know, taking taking strays and, and direct shots. Understood. But when they hired Desai, I tried to tell people this is going to look exactly the same because that's the type of coach that they want. That's the type of coach that they hire. They hire guys who believe in not giving up the big play, which means they're, they're going to play off. I'm, play I'm willing to say – I'm sorry, Rob. I'm, I, don't think, I don't think it's that. I think they're willing to hire guys who know how to play ball. Well, yeah, no, I think that that's the case – all around. That's the coach with the that's the case with the head coach. That's the case with the coordinators as well. There's no doubt about that. Like I had somebody on one of my radio shows. I had a guy call up and tell me we got to hire Rex Ryan and went on this whole. No, Rex no, no. Ryan. I don't want like, him. No, no. But here, here's where I'm going. With it. I don't want any parts of Rex Ryan. No, thank you. There's a reason why he's not in football. He's he's talking about. But my point was one of my points was in addition to I just I'm not a fan of him as as a coordinator either. But his personality would never work here with the Eagles. Okay, so I think the size philosophically comes from the Vic Fangio tree, which is to not give up the big play, and he understands that he's not going to come in and ruffle feathers or any of that kind of stuff. He is going to just roll with what they want him to roll with. And again, that's fine. It's worked up until this point. Now the wheels are coming off. The other thing is, you you once again last year was the exception. You left the cupboard bare at linebacker because you don't prioritize it, and your defensive backs who you considered letting go, if you remember, Bradbury almost walked and Slay almost walked. So you yourself had some doubts. You brought them back and they look old. Okay, and you've piecemealed the rest of it. The, the other problem, the last problem, the last thing I'll say is your defensive line, because of how dominant they were last year, you thought they were going to be better this year, and they're not getting sacks at anywhere near the rate that they got them last year. Uh, mute it, Tone, mute it. Sorry about that. That's okay. Sorry. I've been blowing my nose, and I'm trying not to make it. No, I know, I know. I got I'm you. not trying to sound like an elephant on the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen to this, right? Harry Roseman called himself – being a frugal at linebacker and at safety, right? He called himself um, trying to uh, stay ahead of the curve, that he lives on that, right? Yeah. So you had a Super Bowl defense, or at least a defense that got you to the Super Bowl in 2022. Yeah. That was comprised of TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps, Kaiser White, CJ Garner Johnson, so on and so forth. And if you notice, I'm naming the guys that aren't here anymore. Yeah. I understand why you didn't bring back. I understand why you didn't bring back uh Javon Harger. If he got 20 plus million, you're not paying that. But you supplement that by drafting uh uh Jalen Carter. So okay, I'm 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 willing to roll with that, right? But let's just stick with let's let's just stick with the outlier positions, linebacker, 
and safety. Yep. Okay, you pick up Reed Blankenship as an undrafted free agent. He sure he could play. So I'm rolling with that, right? TJ Edwards, a linebacker. He's making, he signed a three year contract worth $19.5 million with the Chicago Bears. He's making an average salary of $6.5 million per year. Mm-hmm. And he only has seven point nine million, seven point nine million of the total contract guaranteed. So you mean to tell me you couldn't keep TJ Edwards in the building for eight million dollars, right? And remind, he only signed a three-year deal. You couldn't find a way to keep TJ Edwards in the building for eight million dollars. Word around the street is you didn't even make him an offer, right? So then, and also Marcus Epps, you find a way. To let him walk to the to the to, to the Vegas Raiders for two years, twelve million. He's making an average salary of six million dollars, with only with ten point three guaranteed. That's good money. Yeah. You mean to tell me you couldn't find a way to pay either of these guys six million and six point five million, respective or respectively? And CJ DJ didn't get much either, Tony. He got seven million a year. And CJ DJ didn't get that much either. Um, Kaiser White, he got a two year deal worth ten million dollars with six million in total guarantees. You couldn't find a way to keep one of those guys. And look, I was fully okay with letting letting Kaiser walk, but TJ Edwards, he was he was the linchpin of this defense. You let him walk because my mindset was keep TJ. Putting the Kobe Dean next to him, that puts the Kobe Dean in, in a great situation to be incubated and grow and learn, right? But no, he completely goes gung ho and lets both his linebackers walk and tries to replace them with guys that he found on the street, guys that other teams didn't even want anymore. TJ Edwards, he was undrafted, but you found him and you developed him. You let him walk. Marcus Epps, drafted in the sixth round, I believe. Um, I don't know who drafted him. Let me double check this here. But uh, uh, he was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in 2019 in the sixth round. You let him walk. I'm sorry. He was drafted by Minnesota. Um, And then um, he was waived by Minnesota. And the Philadelphia Eagles picked him up right away after that. And in the same year he was drafted. So you developed Marcus Epps. You didn't draft him, but you picked him up the same year he was drafted and he was cut by the rate, um, you know, cut by the Vikings, so on and so forth. But you developed Marcus Epps. You developed TJ Edwards. And you let them walk. You let them walk for that kind of money that you that you had. And you and and and, and, and you and you bring a Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham. Um uh you you make a trade for Kevin Byard, who I don't even know if he has anything left anymore. Like You've cut corners in so many places, and now rent is due, and your team is suffering because you decided to cut corners on your on a defense side of the ball. He's been cutting corners specifically at linebacker for way too damn long. It comes a point in time where you have to buck up and either draft better or pay a guy to do the job properly. Because the, the the way all this piecemealing, you know, signing Shaq Leonard and this 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 defense is literally being held together by crazy glue and pop, matter of fact, not even crazy glue because crazy glue actually works. This is being this is being held together by Elmer's, Elmer's glue, bubble gum, and not just and not the white Elmer's glue, the Elmer's glue that got the glitter in it. 
it, it doesn't even the work. Knockoff really. Elmers, yeah. The knockoff Elmers. You know, the, yeah. the, the kids Elmers. The Bobo it Elmers. It, yeah. It doesn't even really work. Yeah. Glue sticks and popsicle sticks yeah. and rubber bands and bubble gum and overall, whatever you're trying to do to make it stick, you just trying to get it to stick and it's not working. Yeah. So Harry Roseman has failed his defense. He has. It's no if ands buts about it. You 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 uh you thought you were getting a good deal with Bradbury and Slay. Lo and behold, they shot their load. It's yeah. over for those guys. Yep. Darius Slay, he will not be here next year. I'm willing to bet on that. James Bradbury, they they may be stuck with him for another year. Yeah. So we'll see how this thing goes. But Harry Roseman, public enemy number one. I'm looking at you. All right. So uh, Dallas was nine for 16 on third down. Last four games, the Eagles defensively have given up 38 of 66, which is 57%. That's an astronomical number on third down. So they don't get off the field. 11 touchdown drives, 75-plus yards or more. First 11 games, eight in the last five quarters. Through week seven, listen to this. They were they they were sixth in points allowed, and they were giving up 290 per game. Both very good numbers. Since then, 30 points per game, 369 yards, which is 31st. They went from sixth to 31st. This isn't just slow. This is like cinder blocks tied to your legs being thrown into the Schuylkill River and you're going right to the bottom. That's what's happening right now. 30 points or more last three games. I'll give you another one here. Uh, Ruben Frank, great stat. First team NFL history to start the season 10 or one or better and lose consecutive games by 20 points or more. Like, and I get it. You may say this is sort of the tail end of a brutal stretch. They're, they're, they're on fumes right now. They play two teams that are on fire right now. All of that is real. But what does that say about the Eagles? Like, where are you when adversity hits? Where are you when you're playing the big boys? You're supposed to be a big boy. Where are you? And at least be competitive in these games. In these games, You aren't even competitive. You got killed. You know what's so funny? That goes right into what Seth Joyner said, man. Listen to this. This thing is getting out of hand. You know, when you watch James Bradbury flailing, you know, or Darius Slay running stride for stride with a guy, and then he feels the need to put his hands on the guy and get and gets a PI when you're step for step with him. Like, if I'm with a guy and I know I got him step for step, there's no need for me to grab him because I'm step for step with him. I know where he is. I can feel him with my body without me having to put my hands on him and getting a PI. See, but when you're out of position or you feel like you're beat. That's why guys get penalties. It's the same exact thing. When a guy's being pass rushed, when an offensive lineman is being pass rushed and he knows he's beat, his instinct is to grab the guy because he knows he's beat. And why does he get beat? Nine times out of ten because he's technically and fundamentally flawed. When I look at this defense, they're technically and fundamentally flawed at every position across the board, okay? And you're not fixing that in week 14 or week 15. There's no remedy for that. You work on those things in the offseason. There's my greatest fear, Tone. It's not so much the what, – what's and Seth, everything Seth said was right there in, in terms of like, you know, the, the technical aspect of things. But what I worry about is I think the offense can get going. I do. I think there's enough talent there. I don't think there's enough talent for the defense to really get going. Like, do I think they can be better than giving up, you know, 40-something and 30-something? Yeah. But 
are they going to be good enough? Like they had a hell of a defense last year. I know what happened in the Super Bowl, but that defense, most games last year dominated. Whether people liked Gannon or not, they dominated. Th- this team is is in big trouble on that side of the ball. You don't take you don't take the ball away generally. I know you had one last night, but you generally don't take it away a lot. You give up a lot of points. You don't get off the field on third down, which which creates a lot of different things. When you get off, don't get off the field on third down, you know your defense is out there forever, and they're already tired and worn down, and they're already older in a lot of spots. And then your offense doesn't get a chance to even get on the field, and and that's a huge problem. I, I mean. I, I could talk about this stuff till I'm blue in the face, but I, you know, I, I and I brought it up a bunch of times uh, on the show, and and one of the reasons why I, I would like to see them run the ball a little bit more. But time of possession last night, the Cowboys had it for almost a quarter more than the Eagles did. Again, again, again. right? What, what, many many weeks in a row, you given up over 400 yards of all of, of offense. The team possessing the ball significantly more than you. You're losing a turnover battle. You can't sustain drives on offense. You can't get up the field on third down. Bottom line, like Seth Joyner said, and again, this is this 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 is a bad football team. Listen to this. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Let you let loose. Oh, I'm not going deep tonight. I'm just not. <laughs> you know, the truth is it's a bad football team. They're... they're they fooled us. They fooled us through, you know, 11 games into believing that they are really good and they're just not, you know, and, and that's that sits at the crux of it all. Um, today was the clincher for me because understanding what's at stake and how you played last week, there's no way that you can show up, you know, and put that out what they just did there. It go And it goes – it really does go beyond, you know, just the players. You know, when I see the way that our cornerbacks play and I see the way that our linebackers play, it's evident to me that there's coaching issues there because those players aren't fundamentally sound at either position. Seth, I want to let you let – Okay. Listen All to right. that. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 no, it's no mystery. Like, when you when you see a team playing this – again, we're on the defense side. Yep. When you see them playing that badly, there is – ineffective coaching going on and this goes from head coach mm-hmm. to coordinator to position coaches quality control yeah i'm going at everybody everybody is food today because i'm looking at guys who've been in this league for years bradbury and slay and they look technically and fundamentally shocked 
key third downs, they had opportunities to get up the field that would have helped your offense. Pass interference. Yeah. And then, oh, Lord, he, he, he almost got away with it. Let me tell you this. He almost made it through the show without getting his name mentioned. Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo. The, how about, how about he, the hurdle? He he had he, he he played zero snaps going into this game. You throw this is how you know they're desperate. They're just throwing bodies out there. Keely Ringo, key third down. This dude not only causes a defensive pass interference, he face masked the guy on the same play. I, I've and, never seen it before. And, and, and guess what? They don't offset, no. or you don't, or you don't pick the greater penalty of the two. You get both. They. They call the pass. They call the pass interference at the spot yeah. of the foul. Yeah, and then they tack on. It was a twenty-five 15- yard penalty. And then they tack on oh. another fifteen yards for the face mask. That's when you knew. Like if if you were still wondering, you're like, this is probably the sign that this is not their night. And then you get hurdled to play Dude, after that. Jake Ferguson looked like an Olympic runner going over the hurdles and bringing home a gold medal. What going the hell is going on, right? But it was so fundamentally poor. So, like, granted, props to Ferguson. He's the guy's obviously athletic. Okay, I like him. He's good, and he's he's a really good tight end, by the way. FYI, we're gonna have to deal with him now for years. The dude's a beast. But I'm watching the the form. The form is this tone: the head is down. You're not looking where you're going. I'm gonna sound like Seth here for a minute. The head's down, and you're 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 diving. You're doing the dive move to try to chop the legs. Ferguson saw it from a mile away. And just leaped right over the guy because the form tackling was crap on the play. It's exactly what that was. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. Eagles fans, I know this sounds like a funeral today, but guess what, man? Everybody has to die at some point. And the fact of the matter is, we still got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get right. Um, no, look, this so, stuff needs to be said. Okay. Yes. We're not, we are not gonna sit here and pretend and cover it up or any of that stuff. And it doesn't, I'll just speak for myself. I am not writing this team off, but we react to what we're seeing. This and is a week-to-week we, league, right, Rob? This is a week-to-week week league. Exactly right. And what we've seen the last two weeks has been an Eagles team that has been badly, I can't emphasize this enough, outplayed, outcoached, outprepared, out everything to your cheap rivals. Listen, man, Detroit, forget it. Anybody else in the NFC, forget it. This is all about the Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners. And the last time you have played those two teams, they have smoked you. And if that isn't concerning, I don't know what is. And back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Back. See, again, we're not comparing. No one else. We, we, we don't give a damn about the Lions. No. We don't, we don't, I don't give a Seattle, damn about the Packers. I, I know they play Seattle next. I, whatever. I don't it's those about two them. teams. We know who it is, man. It's the Niners and the Cowboys. That's it. Prior to, prior to the season. And the narrative held true. There are three teams in the NFC that are gunning for it. Eagles, Cowboys, Niners. Yes. Everybody else was, uh, if they're And if, I don't if, even want to hear about the AFC. I'll worry about that if they get to that point. I don't care about those teams. Right. It doesn't I'm matter. worried about getting out of the NFC. Exactly. Well, what's the point of beating the, like, like I said to you earlier, you beat the Dolphins. Okay. You beat the Chiefs. You beat the Bills. No, it's cool. good. Those, those are good. They yeah. count on the record as equals anything else. Yeah. But you have to at least show that you can run with the teams that yeah. you're going to have to face in the playoffs in your conference. And two weeks in a row, you've shown that you don't belong on the same field. This is not an accident. This is not something we're just making up. This is not something that that can just be um, skirted over and say, hey, 
we'll be okay. No, this is this this is this is not that kind of situation here. No, the fi- the house is burning. The house is burning, Eagles fans. Yeah. Now the question they're sipping your tea while it's all going up in flames. Then and the question becomes now: Who's going to pick up the fire extinguisher? Who's going to get the water hose and put this thing out? But I don't know who at this point. Here's the thing, Tone. This is when adversity strikes is when you really find out what you're made of. When when everything's going your way. It, look, man, it's easy to just kind of roll through your day and ah, it's going to be fine and whatever. When when it really hits. Hold on, Rob. Okay. I got to respond to this real quick. No, the AFC doesn't have the best teams. The AFC has the better quarterbacks. The NFC has the better teams. Yeah. If you if you look at the top three teams in the NFC and look at the top three teams in the AFC, unequivocally, the top three teams in the NFC have better rosters. But the top three teams in the AFC have better quarterbacks. Come on, man. This is this is this is hell true over the past three or four years. I agree with you. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, we'll come back and let's get into the conference standings here. We're going to look at this thing, and we're going to walk you through what the Eagles have left, what the Niners have left, what the Cowboys have left. We'll throw Detroit in there, uh, but we'll, we'll get into how this thing plays out here because you know we're we're really down. I mean, we're down to four now. Man, like there's not a lot left here in this season. Um, and the loss last night, it's it's tricky how you look at it. They're the five seed right now. Well, let, let's do this when we get back. Uh, so yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll explain all the machinations of this thing when we come back uh, and where everything is. We'll do our full-blown NFL segment as we always do at one o'clock because there's a lot to dive into with yesterday's games. There's some craziness yesterday. So we'll do all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. All right. I want to tell you about Pro Action Restoration. You guys know I don't I don't come on here and tell you or endorse anything that I haven't used or been a part of. Okay, and Pro Action Restoration. When I had water damage to my house, I reached out to them. They came out, they fixed it, and, and, and did it in an unbelievable manner. And now they're handling everything from my uh, you know construction with a new ceiling, with a new wall, with a new carpet, the whole nine. They're handling all of that, and it's. It's one-stop shopping, which makes life a lot easier, believe me. And they work in conjunction with my insurance company. Uh, They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So if you have any problems, whether it's water, smoke, fire, mold damage, they're there for you. Um, They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. So again, water, fire, smoke, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760-610. 623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com.
My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. All right, so uh, Tone, if you look at it now, uh, the standings in, in the in the NFC. So the Eagles with the loss yesterday, they fall to the five seed. So the way the way it breaks down right now, um, your one seed is the 49ers at ten and three. Then it's the Cowboys at ten and three. Then the Lions at nine and four. Tampa Bay at six and seven. Then it's the Eagles at ten and three. So they they go to the five seed because they're in second place in their division. The Lions, despite having a lesser record, and the and the Buccaneers are leading their division. That's why they're three and four, and the Eagles fall to five. Okay. Here's the thing: if let just for a minute, let's assume the Eagles win out. Okay. Let's assume the Cowboys win out. The Eagles would hold the tiebreaker advantage over them uh, because of conference. Dallas would have more conference losses than the Eagles would. Um, And the Eagles would win the division if that were the case. All right. So that would, if if that were to play out that way, the Eagles would be number two. The Eagles, as of right now, would need San Francisco to lose a game and the Eagles would need to win out uh, to become the number one seed because they're a game back of them and the Niners hold the head to head because they beat them straight up. They want the Eagles and the Cowboys split, right? That makes sense. All right. So because the Eagles are sitting there at five now, doesn't necessarily that mean that's where they're going to be. Because if you look at the schedules, uh, let's start with the Eagles. Just we all know what it is, but just in case you forget with the order. So they go to Seattle on Monday night. Seattle's a mess. They've lost five straight. 
Uh, Geno Smith is hurt. Didn't play this past weekend. DK Metcalf got himself kicked out of the game. He's, he's had, uh, a whole year of just issues with personal foul calls. He went after Fred Warner. It was nasty. It got ugly. He got booted. He got tossed. Fred, Fred Lenore, they're, they're um, not Lenore, they're not Fred, but Lenore, they're, they're corner. He got into it with him the whole nine. Anyway, he may not play. Gino may not play. But here's what the Eagles have. At Seattle Monday, uh, the following Monday, which is Christmas Day, they play 4.30 at home against the Giants. The following week, it's a Sunday game at 1 o'clock against the Cardinals at home. And then they go to New York. We don't know what time that game is going to be right now. That's a TBD. That's January 7th. That's what they have left. Okay? You want to go Dallas next? Who do you want to go next? Let's go Dallas next, okay? Yeah, you pick, man. I I know. I know. But here, here, I'll give you some good news now here with Dallas, in my opinion. Okay. Okay? They're at Buffalo. I do not think Buffalo's dead. I don't either. I don't. I really don't. I think they they go to Buffalo, and I think that could be a really – in fact, Dallas is is under is an underdog in that game, Tony. Did you know that by Vegas? Really? That's interesting, right? Okay. Interesting. They go to da- Buffalo, Dallas does, on, uh, on the 17th. That's a 425. Then they go to Miami on Christmas Eve at 425. Then they're home against Detroit. On December 30th, that's a Saturday night game at 8.15. Mm-hmm. And then they close it out at Washington. There's okay. at least a loss, potentially two in there, in my opinion. Has to be. Has yeah. to be. It's, it, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough stretch. This, this is – Right. You know, but the way they're looking, man, um, you know, this I think they, I, I think they lose at least one of those games, at least yeah. one. At, at least very least one. one. Okay. But here's the problem. The problem is this one. It's the 49ers. Yep. So here's what they have left. At Arizona, Baltimore home, at Washington, Rams home. The only one I see potentially is the Ravens, and that's that's Christmas night at 815. But in my opinion. Ravens and Lincoln Oil to me. Yeah. My opinion, the Niners win. I don't know that the Niners lose a game, which in that scenario, they would be the one seed. They would have the home field advantage, and they'd have a, a week off. So the mm-hmm. Eagles, I think, could land as the number two. But eventually, if you got to an NFC Championship game, barring upsets, you're going there. And you, it's for a team that's so tired, Tone, you don't get a, a week off. That, like the Eagles I'm talking about. It wouldn't, be, it, it wouldn't even be competitive. Right. So I, I feel favorable about the Cowboys. I, you know, I feel pretty favorable about the Eagles' rest of their schedule. But I, I wish there was some more difficulty in there for the 49ers, and there isn't. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this uh the standings, right? Yeah. Um for a playoff picture. Let's just say, God forbid, let's just say it holds true, right? 49ers at one, Cowboys two, Lions three, Buccaneers four, Eagles five, Vikings six, Packers seven. Let's just say all that holds true, right? Yeah. In the opening round, the Philadelphia Eagles would have the Buccaneers. They should win that game, right? Yes. Then typically what happens is the number one seed would the number one seed would then play the lesser seed of the remaining teams, right? Yes. And if we expect the Cowboys and we expect the Lions to take care of business against the Vikings and the Packers, that leaves the Eagles to face who? Yeah. Before- guess guess who's next? The Cowboys. I thought I thought that would be 49ers. Because if the Cowboys 
because all right. Are you Remember, saying if the Eagles are the two seed? No, no, no. I'm saying oh, and, oh, you're saying if it stays this way. If it stays yes. this way, because if the Eagles are the five seed and they're the team that advance, where the other team, the two teams below them, get knocked off, they would play, they the, would play the highest seed, Niners, which, which would be the Niners. Correct. In the in the divisional round. Correct. I, but I, I, I you're you're right. You're 100 right. My assumption is they move up, but but you're right. Right, 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 right. Are, and I correct. assume that too. But yeah, yeah. I'm. You know, we have to think, and at this point, right, we got to think about the case scenarios here. Yeah, I agree. With you. Um, and, I agree with you. Yeah. you. You know, I'm just operating, you know, under the assumption, let's just say hypothetically everything did stay exactly how it is now, right? Eagles don't win the division. Cowboys find a way to win the division. Let's just say everything holds true. They would have to play the Niners in the divisional round, um, and they would end up playing the Buccaneers in the wild card. I think they beat the Buccaneers in the wild card. The Niners in the divisional round? Yep. Man, I don't know about that one. I agree with you. So I'm trying to, like, I don't. I'm trying to see the, the 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 fact of the matter is regardless of, regardless how it goes down, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to end up playing either the Cowboys or the Niners in the division round. Yeah. No, That's no matter no, no matter they're how tough it goes, spots, man. Now, if they're the number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter, of, it doesn't even matter because if they if they become the number one seed, still, it's either going to be the Cowboys or the Niners. Still, yeah, yeah. they can't. They, there's no path to the NFC Championship without going through one of those teams first. I, I agree with you. Yeah. So you, you've, you know, you're in a tough spot. Obviously you want to get up to worst case, obviously you want to be one, but if you can't get to one, you want to be two. Um, and, and things don't, it's tough. It really does. It, it, it doesn't bode, uh, you know, well here. Um, the good news is like I just said, Seattle's lost four straight and they may be without their quarterback and they may be without, their best receiver. Who knows? I don't know what the NFL is going to do. I don't know if they'll keep yeah. finding Metcalf or they, they take it a step further. Remember what I told you, like, right? I said, I said, Seahawks, five game losing streak loading. Four 100%. down. <laughs> yeah. Four down. I said that five weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah, no, you, you did. You did. Props. Uh, you did. Um, all right. So just, just for the sake of being on the standings here. Yeah. So after the Eagles at, at the five seed, there's a big fall off, but it's the Vikings who won. <laughs> who won three nothing yesterday over the Raiders in, yeah. in, a, in a game that set offense back, you, you know, to the thirties, I think to the 1930s. <laughs> but uh, then you have the Packers who I like, I really like what I'm seeing from green Bay right now uh, at six and six. They're the last seed in right now. Then it's the Rams. Then it's C- the Seahawks. Then it's the Falcons. Then it's the saints, whatever. And then we just get into the, to the mix of everything else. But um yeah, and by the way, with double header tonight. So uh if you're if you're looking for uh the games tonight, you got two coming going at the same time. There, I why wouldn't you start one at seven and one at eight thirty as opposed to both eight fifteen? You know what I mean? Just stagger it a little bit. Yeah, don't make us choose. And that's the annoying part. Who's who's playing tonight? Let me so see. you got Tennessee and Miami is the is one of the games. Tennessee at Miami. And then Green Bay at New York. I, I'm, you know, I, look, I like watching Miami's offense play. So I'll be watching that one. But I also am interested the way Green Bay's improved. I'll be hopping over to that a little bit as well. So yeah. I'll kind of be on both. I just, like, the, the Giants are brutal to watch. Um, and, and you know, Tennessee, maybe I'll see how Levis looks up close and personal. I'll, I'll always try and find something that I can hone in on when I watch these games. Neither one's a great game. Yeah, yeah man. The NFL has to – they still haven't figured out this whole Monday thing, this whole scheduling thing. I I guess, I guess they look at it because one of the games is on ESPN and the other is on ABC. 
So I guess they look at it as, hey, if you ain't got cable, you get the lesser game. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's – I don't know. I don't know, man. But, look, man. It, it, but it is amazing, like, what can happen with – and it wasn't one loss. It was two straight losses. But how you can go from being – Number one to number 10 five. And one, right, to 10 and three two weeks later, and you're a five seed as we sit here. That's craziness. It's funny how the world works, man. You know, you you do your work early and you think you put yourself in a position to uh, kind of coast to the finish line. And still, there's much, 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 much more work to be done. And it's 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 a metaphor for life, really. Like, never think you got it made. Always approach every every always approach every task, everything that requires your due diligence. Always approach everything like like it's your last because. You never know where you may end up in the end. You could end up being the number five seed when you were formerly the number one seed. And that's where the Philadelphia Eagles are. Uh, they have a lot of soul searching to do. And on Monday at 11.52 Central Time, 12.52 Eastern Time, I have a hard time seeing the silver lining for the Philadelphia Eagles. I agree with you. Like, And I also think, by the way, like, it's okay to be disappointed, to be frustrated. It doesn't mean you're bailing on your team. Right. I'm but not going to turn in my Eagles jerseys all of a sudden. That's not how that works. No, but you have every right to call it like you see it and, and call things out and be pissed off that it's gotten to this point, you know, where it looked as bad as it looked. Again, I'll go back to the thing I keep saying. Had you played two competitive games and lost – I would, I would chalk it up to, hey, guess what? You split with the Cowboys, man. You won at your place. They won at their place. So be it. Uh, the Niners were hot. You're in the midst of a tough stretch, but you battled them tooth and nail. Okay. It looks so different compared to laying down the way that they laid down the last two games. That's the thing you can't get over. I can, at least I can't get over is the way that they played out those last two games. Don't That's these, my problem. Don't these two losses feel like four losses? Yeah. Like like when it was, when they lost to the 49ers, it felt like two losses. Yeah. When they lost to the Cowboys last night, it felt like two losses. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're 10 and 3, but it feels like it feels like they lost four times in two weeks. That's how crushing those losses were because they weren't competitive. Yeah. Like you said, if they would have put up a fight, if they would have lost by a touchdown or something or like, you know, okay, you're whatever, like if you lose by a possession, let's put it that way. If yeah. you lost by a possession, Damn, you battled. You guys are kind of hanging on by a thread. You know what I mean? Tough stretch. You know, you'll get them in the playoffs. That's how close those teams are, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how close they are. You know, a possession. Those teams are going to – that's going to, this is going to be a battle in the playoffs. Now, I don't even know if you can compete with them in the playoffs. I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, because the Eagles have been so bad, it's hard for me to even bank on the Cowboys turning into the Cowboys again in the playoffs, right? It's hard to bank on that now because I don't trust – the Eagles, like let's. I'm with you. Fact, like that, that feels like a flimsy way of deflecting off of you. I'm not saying the Cowboys haven't choked in the playoffs. They have, right. obviously, but it, it just feels like I don't. Re I want to ignore the problem in front of. Like I want to be. It's like a parent. I know my kids a train wreck, but the neighbor's kids a train wreck too. Instead of getting your house in order, you're looking at somebody else's house. Listen to this, man. The Cowboys have a clear if, – if everything holds true, like I said, if everything holds true, 49ers yeah. one, Cowboys two, 
Eagles five spot, right? Yeah. Lions three. If everything holds true, Eagles make it to the divisional round. They end up facing the 49ers. And then the Cowboys end up facing the Detroit Lions in the divisional round. The Detroit Lions, I mean, the Cowboys have a clear path to the NFC title game. Mm-hmm. Clear path to the NFC title game. Clear. I agree. It's looking like, I'm going to be honest, the way this is looking, it's looking like 49ers, Cowboys, NFC title game. Yeah. It feels that's like how, that right that's now. That's how it looks. And, and can that change over the last four weeks? Sure, it can. Um, but right now, that's all we can go off of is what we're seeing right now. And until the Eagles prove us otherwise, especially – well, I'm not going to say especially on. It's both sides of the ball. Until they show us otherwise, there, there's not a lot of reason to feel any differently other than hope. You know, and and it, it's not based on – look, they started the season off great. I mean, 10 wins, 10 and one, incredible. But when they played, the, you know, these two teams who were their chief rivals, it, it's looked really bad. And that's, that's concerning. Look, I, my hope is, and I, I do, I, I'm going to cling to this. I think the offense gets it going. I don't know that the defense is capable. I don't know that they have the, the, the horses and I don't know that they have the coaches. That begs the question. Do you really trust this offense to be able to put up 30 plus points week in and week out to cover for this defense's flaws? It's, it's really that's especially hard to do in the playoffs against good defenses. Because most of the time when you get to the to the playoffs, most of the time, the team that you're playing, unless you get lucky and you play one of those the some team from the, the NFC South, you're gonna be playing a team that's number one good and number two has a good defense. Right. And I don't know, you know, like the Eagles' defense was really good last year. You had to put up a lot of points in the Super Bowl, and you almost put enough up, but you didn't quite. So can you do that maybe in a game? Yeah. I mean, look at look at Super Bowl 52, 41-33. But to be able to go through a whole playoff that way is a little bit harder. They haven't shown an ability on offense not once this year to have four consecutive drives with a touchdown or three consecutive drives with a touchdown. They haven't shown that ability. Exactly. Right? So it's like – do I trust them in a shootout matchup? I don't know. Because your defense won't be able to hold up. Yep. And the game will get out of hand on you real quick. Mm-hmm. You can score on your first two. You can you can you can score on your first two drives 14 points. Boom. And the opponent scores 14 points. Boom. Going to halftime, game is tied 14-14, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then you get the ball at the half. You don't score. The opponent scores. Now you're down 21-14. And then you drive. But let's say you get a penalty. Who knows? You kick a field goal, scores 21-17 now. The other team gets the ball back. They score 28-17. Now you're down by 11. You see how fast things get? Because your defense couldn't get one stop and because your offense couldn't get a touchdown, they set up for a field goal. You see how fast a a game can get away from you? That's who the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. Yeah. They can't – they don't have a well – their machine isn't well-oiled enough for them to be able to move down the field methodically and be disciplined enough to score on four consecutive – Offensive opportunities in the red zone. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, you. let's let's get it. Let's hit it here, and uh, let's come back and we'll dive into the NFL uh, and everything that went on around the league. Some injuries, uh, some of the big games, some games that pertain to the Eagles. We'll get into all those kind of things uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Let me tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted tree off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they're experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. 
give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. For Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, and we're talking Eagles loss to the Cowboys as well as the NFL in this segment. All right, so we got to start with this one. Bills Chiefs was a wild one. Um, you know, Bills got up, Chiefs came back. There's a, a about about a buck fourteen left in the game, um, and the Chiefs are driving, and Mahomes connects with Kelsey. Kelsey breaks a couple tackles, and then. It makes 
one of the most sick plays that you'll ever see where he laterals to Kadarius Tony. I don't, I don't, I still can't believe he even spotted him and made the lateral as he's getting hit. It was a perfect game. lateral. Perfect. It was incredible. Tony catches it, takes it to the house, but there's a flag. And you, at first you're thinking, hold, you know, what, what, you know, what could it be? Yeah, illegal man downfield, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. When, when, when you have all those broken kind of plays, weird stuff, hold it, you know, downfield, maybe whatever. So it turns out that Kadarius Tony had lined up offsides, basically. So when receivers go to the line of scrimmage when they're spread out, they generally look to check with the line judge to see if they're okay. Uh, and you see it a lot. Like if you notice on your TV set, you'll see a, a receiver sort of pointing. Yeah, they're pointing. Like am I on? Yeah. Am I good? Am I good? Tony, I don't think. Again, I looked at the replay. I didn't see him look over to see if he was lined up properly. Anyway. So okay, so Tony didn't bother to look. I didn't see, see if he did, but I, okay. I, I'm just just going off of what I remember from the game. It turns out though, if you look at the replay, he was offsides. Okay, so obviously that sets the Chiefs off into you know they, they into oblivion. Mahomes after the so the, that was third down and on fourth down there was a pass that was incomplete. Mahomes goes over to the sidelines. He's going crazy. Slams his helmet, being held back by teammates, trying to get at the referees. You know, he's he's losing his mind. The game ends, and everybody's doing their usual, hey, congratulations. So Mahomes, and they had they, a, a shotgun mic caught this. So Mahomes and, and Allen go over, you, you know, you think, the, you know, good game, whatever. You know, one of those deals. Mahomes says, I mean, he, he wasn't being like an a-hole to Allen necessarily. He was just still in his own head about the call. But he says, you know, something to the effect of, you know, one of the worst bleeping calls I ever saw. And Josh Allen was kind of like, all right, all right, man, you know, and then just moved on. So Mahomes is still venting. Andy Reid in his press conference, you know, says this is bad for the league. I- I'm sorry, man. How about your guy doesn't line up offsides? They are so freaking entitled to to like, should they just bend the rules for you now, guys? Andy and, and, and Pat, should they bend the rules for you guys at this point? Give me a break. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you uh, any more than I already do, man. Is The fact of the matter is, you guys have had issues with your receivers all year with drops, being disciplined, running the right routes. It's been a dumpster fire for your wide receiver core. So for Kadiris Tony to be lined up offsides to the point where you can't even see the ball, mm-hmm. and then to make it even worse, you see the, you see the receivers on the opposite side of the field lined up just before the line of scrimmage uh after the game was over um i think it was the sunday night football um halftime show they were talking about it uh they had a they had a you know you know you know how they always have referee analysts you know guys yeah. that used to be refs and they analyze narrator or one of those yeah. guys i forget who I, was. I forget the guy's names but he but he basically was a, he basically said look the fact of the matter is yes in years past this rule wasn't really enforced like that this year, they've called that penalty 11 times throughout this entire season. Mm. They've been on it. They've been consistent with it. So it's, it's, it's no if ands, buts about it. Your guy was lined up over the line of scrimmage. It's just that simple. It's 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 no it's 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 not a bad call. It's not it's not random. It's not something we've never seen before. They've called the Philadelphia Eagles for that like twice this season. You know, on the um, on the on on the brotherly shove, we've right. seen that many a time. They called it last night. Yes, they called it last night. Mm-hmm. The reason I get mad about it with the Philadelphia Eagles because they keep thinking Jason Kelsey's left arm is the left guard's arm, 
And they right. keep thinking that that's that, that's what's going on. It's like, no, if you, it's not. That's nonetheless a separate conversation. Bottom line is, Patrick Mahomes made an ass of himself last night, and to pretend like. You're going to take out the ref. You got to be held back. That that fake macho man stuff. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to the ref? Like, like yeah. God, honestly, what are you going to do? Like, I agree. Come on, man. Like, but the, but the notion that like it's bad for the NFL. Th- there's such an arrogance implied there by Andy Reid. Bad for the NFL. What, what what for your guy to be called out on a penalty? Yeah. What what, what do you mean? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's like, Andy, how's it bad for the league? It, it, it is a here's the other part. Maybe you don't have that guy on the field in a big spot because he's killed you all year. All he's year. Passes, committed bad penalties, had turn up, whatever. He hasn't played well for you all year. And this is on you because what you've done to Mahomes is you, you've given him basically no wideouts. He has Kelsey, but you've given him no wideouts. Sort of like he did with Donovan before T.O. came here and just figured, uh, he got he did it last year. He'll keep doing it. Well, it's catching up to you now. That's what's happening. That's the other part, the down deep he knows, and he's pissed off about that too. He did that too. Of course. You know, it's, it, it's really plain, man. Um, don't commit the penalty. And it wasn't like it was like ticky-tack, like his foot barely. He, you couldn't see the ball. It was egregious how, 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 how far off the line of scrimmage he was. Like, come on, man. Where is the where's the discipline on your guys? Where is the where is where is their discipline? Where is their see? That's the kind of where's their that, accountability? Where is their accountability? That's the word I was looking for. Where is yeah. their accountability? And yeah. they're not getting it clearly. I listen. I I don't know. I I just I when I saw Mahomes at first, I, you know what I wasn't sure about at first when Mahomes was going crazy, I wasn't sure if he was trying to get at Tony because he was pissed at Tony. Which he wasn't. Right. That's what so, I thought. But, I but that was my first thought. Like, is he angry at Kadarius Tony, first of all? But then then it was clearly about the officials. But then I heard Andy afterwards. I'm like, dude, really? Ugh. It just again, entitlement, man. All right. Um, so that was that was obviously a big game because here's the thing, Tone. There, there's two offshoots of that win. One, you know, the Chiefs now are eight and five. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy, but they're eight and five. Um, they're still the thought? three seed because they're leading that division, but they're the three, they're the they're eight and five right now. And what it did for Buffalo is Buffalo's seven and six. So even though the they're the eleven seed, you have Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Houston, Denver, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. You have six teams that are seven and six right now, vying for two spots, basically. Because Cleveland won, Cleveland's at eight and five. Jacksonville lost, but they're also eight and five. But you have, yeah, th- this is tight. You have Pittsburgh, Indy, Houston, Denver, Cincy, Buffalo, all battling. That's going to be an unbelievable. The AFC finish. run. The, the AFC runs either through Baltimore or Miami. Yes, it's just that simple. It's going. It's going to be that. It's either going to yeah. be Baltimore or Miami. Yes, agree. Now, if you had to bet, who do you think it's going to run through? Yeah, yeah, I say it, Miami. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so uh, a couple other things. CJ Stroud got hurt. He's in concussion protocol. Um, so that's obviously, you know, a blow to them. And they um they've had such an unbelievable season um so far this year. They they really have it. It kudos to them that they're even in the position 
that they're in, but they lost to the Jets. And I'll tell you what, I don't I didn't see it coming, Tone. Zach Wilson, 27 of 36, 301 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and a 117.9 passer rating. <laughs> didn't didn't have that one coming. This dude is this dude is a wild card, man. You have no idea what you're gonna get. You have no idea. He, I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling him the magic eight ball. Like you just shake it. Will I will I win? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> will I have a good game? Who knows? <laughs> like you have no idea what this guy's gonna give you at this point. No, you don't. And that's the frustrating thing. Like, he doesn't totally suck. Like, there is some skill there with this guy, but that's all the more reason he's frustrating as hell. If he just stunk, he he would just stink. Like, there's something there. There's like a there's a germ there with that guy that he's something. You know here's what I mean? But here's the thing, all right. If you're in the NFL, everyone has some kind of talent. Yeah. And everyone is capable of having a good day. What keeps you in the NFL, what gets you the big bucks is stringing those together. Yeah. Is being consistent. So we got we got the the lonely good game, or maybe we got two games out of what a 15 out of what a 13, 12 game sample size of Zach yeah. Wilson, you know, this season. So yeah, everyone's liable to everyone's liable to give you that good day. Everyone's liable to do it. Yeah. But guess what? Do I trust it? No. Agreed. Agreed. I first of all, I, I he would never play for my team ever under any circumstance. I, I I don't want any parts of that guy. Um, under any chance, uh, under any circumstance. All right. So uh, a couple other things. Um, Justin Herbert broke his finger on his index hand. And he um, looks very highly unlikely. He still has to see like four or five hand specialists, but they play on Thursday night. Not that it matters. They're cooked. But, you know, at some point, if you're if you're the Chargers GM and, and management, aren't you telling him, dude, shut it down and heal up, you know, for, for whomever is coaching this team next year? Like, do you really want to keep throwing Herbert out there with broken fingers and everything? Like, it's just like wrap it up, put him away, put him in. You know, let, let him let him get healed up. That organization, man, they are a dumpster fire. Yeah, you know it's um, you know, what, 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 at this point, what can you expect from the Chargers or Herbert or or the coaching staff? Or, it's like you would think having a quarterback that good, you, you would still win. You, you would still win more games than you're losing. Yet. He can't even overcome the deficiencies over there. Yeah. So, so like, I, that's another that's another organization where they're so bad in so many different places. Like, who's who? Who do you point the finger at, really? Mm-hmm. Uh the coach. The coach is terrible. Um, he has no idea what he's doing. He's supposed to be a defensive mind. They're not a defensive team. Uh, he comes up small in big spots. He has no idea when to go for it, when not to go for it. His team isn't prepared every single week. He goes. Now, I'm not telling you that the, that everybody else gets off the hook, but that's where it starts. A fish thinks from its head, and that's where it begins. He 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 was he should have been gone last year. So you got to get get rid of him. Um, so I, I would I would go with him. I, 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 throw- I, I, I wanted to fire him two years ago. Yeah, I I, I didn't think he should have. They should have hired Sean Payton, and they didn't. They blew it. And look what Sean Payton's doing in Denver right now. It's incredible the turnaround there that that they've been through. Uh, just to stay with that. So uh, you go to yesterday's um, yesterday's game with the Broncos here, and they just keep getting it done. It's hard to believe. So they beat the Chargers twenty four to seven. You realize now they're seven and six on the season. 
for, for the way that this thing started for them. I mean, they That's started right. off, they came out of the shoot 0 and three and one and five. And now they're seven and six. They've won they, six of their they, last seven was, games. Yeah, I was say, they've been six and one over past seven. That's that's insane. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's he, – I think it's – we've talked about this, but your coach of the year candidates are Peyton, uh, D'Amico, Steichen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think those are your top three. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, Mike McCarthy might be in that conversation. This, this is just brutal. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let me throw this out there. Sad note here. Uh, Frank Wycheck, who was a three-time Pro Bowler uh, for the Tennessee Titans, carved out a really, really good career for himself in Tennessee. Passed away at the age of 52. Uh, he's a guy who grew up in Northeast Philly. Went to Archbishop Ryan. Uh, was really kind of a self-made player uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, apparently fell in his home in Tennessee and was unresponsive when they found him on Saturday, and he, he passed away too young at 52 years old. So condolences. Uh, to did they say uh, he passed away because of the fall, or did something happen and he fell because of – he? you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, he, he's also had what they think are signs of CTE issues. Of He was a talk show host. He was a color – he was like their Mike Quick for their games, okay. and he could no longer – keep up with that with some memory issues and the the family apparently allegedly is going to donate his brain for cte research um so it's you know it's sad but he he was a he was a tough player he was part of the music city miracle uh why check was so it's too bad so it's fascinating how they can't check for cte symptoms until after you pass away i don't understand the brain and, and i think too much of the brain they can't just Again, I don't know all the intricacies of it, but there's right. yeah, there's a lot to it. So it's a shame, um, you know, for him and his family. So rest in peace. Um, all right, elsewhere, a couple of the things here. Um, we mentioned the Niners um, won again, tone over the Seahawks, who the Eagles get this week. But the, the 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 manner in which the Niners are winning, you know, it was a relatively you know, the, the, the Seahawks were in with sort of shouting distance for a while. Yeah. But and things got out of hand in the third quarter, of course. Yeah. And, and you look at Purdy, 19 for 27, 368 yards. That's 13 and a half yards per completion, two touchdowns, a 122.1 passer rating. You know, and it, it was just, it he's was not classic. throwing the ball. He, he's not throwing the ball that much. Right. But they're, what they're doing is they're finding creative ways to get to, to the, uh, they can run the ball. And therefore, it's opening up everything else. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So you can't tell me the run game isn't important. You no. know, Brock Purdy's having an amazing season, man. Um, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to uh, concede and say, hey, man, got to start giving that kid respect. Point blank, period. Oh, I agree with you. Um, but you look at it. You're right. McCaffrey for, goes a buck forty five on the ground, nine yards per carry. First play of the game, he runs for seventy two yards. Yeah, and then Debo. <laughs> Seven for 149, Ayuk six for 126, Kittle three for 76. You talk about big plays. So McCaffrey has a 72-yarder, Debo has a 54-yarder, Ayuk has a 45-yarder, and Kittle has a 44-yarder. I mean, that is big strike offense. When was the last time we saw that with the Eagles? Here's Here's the difference. The 49ers, they earned the right to do that. The Eagles, they want that to happen, but they're not patient enough to allow that to happen. They want to just force the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how many times he threw the, they threw the ball downfield yesterday or last night? 
and botched it, botched it. There was a couple of throws Jalen Hurts put on the money, and Devontae Smith just out of his reach. He couldn't, he couldn't get a couldn't get a hand on it. Uh, AJ Brown dropped a, a ball ever right through his hands. Yeah, right through his hands. Like you know, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts had a great game at all, but he it, he 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 put the ball there in a few instances where I felt like his guys got to make those plays. There was a back shoulder throw on the sideline, you know, right right around the five yard line to AJ Brown that absolutely unequivocally has to be caught, and he didn't catch it. And you know, look. It's and and he fumbled. Uh, Devontae had at least two drops. I agree with you, it was bad all around. All right, elsewhere, Lions lose to the Bears. I had a feeling he was gonna lose to them. I had a feeling because I knew the Bears was gonna get that's two games where the Bears had them by double digits in the fourth quarter, yeah, and they lost the first one, they blew it. Yeah, the Bears should have swept them this year, they should have, but nonetheless, they gave the first one away and they said, Not this time, and I appreciate that from the Bears. Um, the Lions, again, they're a team that's, you know, they came a long way, um, but they're a year ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're um, right now the Lions uh, have lost two of three. They're nine and four on the season after that one. Uh, uh, let's go to the uh, the Jaguars and the Browns. This was a, a, a really good game. Lawrence played with a bad ankle. Um, but Joe Flacco had a big time game over 300 yeah. yards passing. He's been named the starter the rest of the way for them. Um, so they win, uh, their game Jags have lost two straight three of five. They're eight and five on the season and Cleveland. That was a big, big win for them in terms of playoff standings because they, they were, you know, I think they were coming off the loss last week, but Cleveland mm-hmm. right now is eight and five. So Cleveland yeah, and Jackson, I, I, I thought Cleveland record. will fall off, but I don't know anymore. I, right. They're, they're so good defensively and, and they have the running attack. You know, they've been able to fill in with Kareem Hunt and he's done a really good job. They have a good tight end, a Joku. You know, they have players, man. They they just have guys who make plays. Uh, Cleveland does. I think they're a playoff team. In Jacksonville, man, they, they, they're, they're looking like a team that's a year ahead of schedule as well. Like they're yeah. looking like pretenders, man. Like, you know, I, I, I had higher hopes for Jacksonville, but it's just – you know, they just can't they just can't get right, man. I feel like two weeks in a row they should have had these wins and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And it, it's it's hard to put your finger on it. I know they have some injuries. I know Lawrence is out there on one leg. I get it, but that's a game you should win if you're them. Agreed. Um, you know, and they did. Especially in the Thursday night against the, the Bengals. You had them dead to rights. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at your place too, uh last the the Bengals game. You're referring to yep. uh, elsewhere. Um, the uh, we mentioned the Jets beat the Texans. That's a tough loss for the Texans. They, yeah, because they're right there in the thick of things. And Stroud got knocked out of the game with a head injury. And and you know we know the Jets defense is good, but they got some offense for a change, and they win that one. Did you see the punt return walk off in the in the Ravens Rams? I missed it. Oh, I, missed it. I gotta I, I gotta actually see it, but I missed it. It was was, was, was like a 75-yarder, right? 76-yarder, right? He went far. Yeah, it was a game, again, really, really good game. Some great individual plays um, in that game. But the punt return, which they're in overtime. So the the, the Rams hit a field goal to send it in. Nakua makes a sick catch earlier in the game. But they hit a field goal um, to, to send it to overtime. And then Thailand Wallace caught the punt. It's a slippery track in Baltimore, spins away, breaks a couple of tackles, goes down the sideline, 
and goes 76 yards to the house and they win 37 31 and it snapped the uh the rams three-game winning streak it was an incredible play it really was oh wow i'm watching it right now whoa yeah it's sick it's a sick whoa return. Yeah. whoa yeah that was that was epic yep i like yeah. that that, that was that was awesome Big that was play. awesome so uh baltimore wins and as you mentioned you know where everything i i think in my estimation i don't think either team's unbeatable baltimore or miami and miami if miami oh yeah for sure yeah all the teams in the afc are beatable oh for sure all the teams that look unbeatable well the only team that looks unbeatable is the 49ers i agree i think the afc is incredibly open here i i would say yeah if you're asking me uh the top two no question it's the it's the it's the ravens and the and the dolphins for sure but man it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out there. In the like, AFC. like the AFC is so strange. A seven seed can very well knock off a number one seed. Yeah. Yes. I believe that. Yeah. Like, let's say the Broncos came in as a seven seed, right? Mm-hmm. And the Ravens were the number two seed. I think the Broncos could beat them. Yeah. I, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that's far fetched. I don't think it's far fetched either, uh, by any stretch. All right, so that happened. The Bengals beat the Colts, and all of a sudden, Tone, the Bengals may have found something here in Jake Browning. It, it, it The first game that he played after Burrow went down, it didn't look good. But you saw it in that Jacksonville game. And he was very good in this one, too. 18 for 24, uh, about 12 yards per completion, two touchdowns, did have a pick, but a 122.7 passer rating. You know, he played very well in the game. Um, and their defense did a nice job. Also, yeah, uh, did Cincinnati. Yeah, it's only so much you can expect from a guy, you know, when he has to come in abruptly in the middle of a game. So you know, it, there's a filling out period there. But then when he has a full game to prepare, then you saw it as you can say against Jacksonville, he's very efficient in that game. Yeah. And then you see another another game when he has full time to prepare, very efficient against the uh uh geez, I forgot that fast. Jeez, the Colts <laughs> yesterday. Colts, yeah. yes, sorry. Yeah, I mean, and he was dealing with a bad thumb. He got his thumb injured on on the play and, and kind of hung in there. So see, so I mean. Yeah. Look, man, AFC, man, they got some great quarterback depth up there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do, uh, for sure. Definitely more than this, than is over here. Uh, so they won. He played well. Uh, look, they, 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 let's face it. We know what the division is. It's bad. But the Bucks beat the uh, beat the Falcons yesterday. Yep. Called that one. I felt you did. that one. You were on that. You were 100% on that. 29-25. Uh, they won. Mayfield, he was okay. He wasn't great. Uh, Rashad White ran the ball well, and uh, you know he had a good game. It was quiet day for Mike Evans. One catch, eight yards. A little surprised by that. Huh. Uh, breakout game for Drake London uh, in the losing effort. One hundred and seventy-two yards. Ooh. And uh, yeah, yeah, they ended up. Well, it was uh, about time they start getting stuff out of him because they drafted him in the top ten. What was it? Something like that. Yeah, and and you know what? I, I'm really and I don't know how much of this has just been bad quarterbacking. But I, I thought Kyle Pitts would have much more of an impact in his in his young NFL career than he's had. You yeah. know, he did have a touchdown yesterday. He had a good game, three catches, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. But it's been slow for him the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't know how much of it is quarterback related either. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I, I'm going to lean more towards that because he hasn't had a quarterback his entire time in Atlanta. So right. I'm going to lean more into I'm going to lean more towards that until I see otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was uh that was it elsewhere. And again, there's a doubleheader tonight, uh, which kind of mediocre games, if I'm being honest. Titans and Dolphins, yeah. Packers and Giants. I mean, implications for 
for the Dolphins and implications for the uh, Packers for sure. Um, elsewhere, uh, the Saints beat the Panthers. Their their misery continues in Carolina. They're yeah. one in twelve on the season, even with the new coach. You know the the interim coach, whatever. Um, they lose twenty eight to six. Uh, Vikings three nothing over the Raiders. Ugh. I mean, God bless if you sat through that nonsense. Lord but, have um, mercy. It was Nick Mullins. Josh Dobbs got benched for Nick Mullins going against Aiden O'Connell. You talk about that, that's oof, not the way the NFL thought that bad boy would go. Yeah, man. Josh Dobbs was the NFL darling a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think Nick Mullins gets to start next week would be my guess. Man, and the other thing is he threw a hospital ball, Dobbs did, to Justin Jefferson. Did you see it? Jefferson goes up. He makes a really nice catch. And I think it was Marcus Epps blows him up into his back. And he, it was a, it was a chest injury because he, he went down really hard. So he only came back for two series, Justin Jefferson, and then he was out of the game. Man, oh, yeah. man. That's probably why uh, Josh Dobbs got benched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you do. The, yeah, you 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 put the franchise in, in in a very bad position, you know. Um, Trubisky will continue to start, according to Mike Tomlin, with uh, with Pickett still out with the ankle surgery. So I guess you, <laughs> I don't know what choice he really has. It's a mass it, unit. It's a mass yeah. unit, man. I don't feel good about Pittsburgh's chances. I don't either. No. I don't either. Maybe they still have a winning record, so to speak, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I don't trust the quarterback position. It's just it's just just as simple to me, man. I'll tell you who's been a little bit interesting lately: the Bears. The Bears yeah. have been a little bit interesting lately. Yeah, they have. Right. Well, what's what's their record right now? The so Bears five are- and eight, um, and they've won two straight. They won at Minnesota, and then they beat Detroit um, this past week. Justin Fields had a really good all-around game. It, it's it, I have no idea what he is. You know, he's played two years now, and I don't know what he is. So yesterday, they've already won more games than last year. Last year they went three and fourteen. So that's true. So he ends up throwing for two twenty-three, and he ends up rushing for fifty-eight. So you know, he had a good all-around game uh, for sure. He had a rushing touchdown and a throwing touchdown, eighty-eight passer rating, but. I, you know, I don't know that he's the answer, and they're in a position where they could absolutely get a quarterback. You know, I, I mean, they 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 own Carolina's pick, so they're going to be able to do whatever they want. Here's and they my have their pick, which Here's is my be thing, right? Not great. Here's my thing, Rob. You, you okay? You move on from Fields, but you're drafting another quarterback, a younger guy, a less experienced guy, to put in the same situation. Yeah, it's like, what I do know. we? Yeah. I don't. I don't understand the logic sometimes. Like, you know, who knows? Caleb Williams could be God's greatest gift to this green earth. He could be that. But we don't know at the end of the day. We're assuming that. You know, I know Justin Fields may not be I know he may be raw, but Justin Fields, he's he's a, a he's a a playmaker. He's a guy that I feel like if you put him in the right situation, you could probably get something out of him. Mm-hmm. Um but I I just don't know how sure you have I don't know how comfortable I would be drafting another quarterback to put in this exact same situation. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if – I mean, if let's say they win – let's say they win two more and they finish with seven wins. Does Everflu survive now? 
I, mean, I was yeah, actually I, I was actually about to ask you that because the next four games are interesting. They have Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. All uh, there three of those games are winnable. I don't think they beat the Browns. No, but, I don't think they beat the Browns. I think three, they could get at least a minimal two, right? Right, right. I think at minimum they go two and two. At best, they go three and one. And if they do, right? Yeah. What is that? Uh, eight and nine, nine and eight. Yeah. So that's an improvement from last year, right? So a team like that, it, it takes a long time to bring. We've seen with the Lions, it's taking them well over. Two, it's taking them forty years <laughs> to, yeah. you know, to you know, to bring a team from NFL hell. And um, Bears, well, they're not going to be any different. So so far, they're trending in the right direction. I think they should try to be patient with Eberflus. You know what I mean? If, yeah. they fired Doug, if they were to fire Dan Campbell after the first season, you know it's what I mean? True. It's true. So it's these true. organizations, they get they, they lack they lack patience. And when you've been so bad, you think I'm just you think I'm just gonna come in here and just undo years and decades worth of terrible culture and, and terrible drafting and terrible personnel decisions. You think one coach can change that or one GM can change that? You gotta give these right. guys time. You got to. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's only right. Agreed. All right, let's uh let's hit it. Let's come back. A lot more to discuss, uh, including the Eagles, but uh, Bronny James, Sixers, Flyers, Jaden Daniels takes home the Heisman. Otani gets broken off in a massive way. Uh, so we'll hit all of those things and more uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wolbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. 
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Take Jacob Torch YouTube Network. He's Tone. I'm Rob hanging out with you on this Monday. All right. So uh, this was good to see. Bronny James, LeBron's kid who suffered cardiac arrest in an offseason workout at USC, uh, made his college debut last night. Um, they ended up losing the game. Uh, USC did, but who cares? He got out there. I think he played a little near 20 minutes, uh, made a couple plays, had a nice block on one play that I saw. And just the fact that he was out there, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the outcome of the game was, no matter what his line was in the game, it's all good, man. Very cool. Very cool for him. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, regardless if it was LeBron's son, LeBron's son or not, I think any player that we that we see that if we see them collapse um, at, you know, at practice in USC, you know what I mean? Like or whatever college, if you see them collapse with a. Whatever, you know, what whatever heart situation they, they had to deal with, and you see them make a comeback, everyone wants to see it. Everyone's happy for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, because it's LeBron's son, does it get more eyes? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, um, kid almost lost his life, man. Kid almost lost his life. If he wasn't around the right people at that time, if he was mm-hmm. maybe just out doing whatever, Lord oh, knows. Uh, unbelievable job by the USC you know, staff, too. Unbelievable job to get yeah. to, to get him, you know, to, you know, to get him in the right in the right people's hands. Um, man. Uh, we could have been talking about a whole nother story, but uh, shout out to Bronny James. Um, you know, it's always tough when you're the son of a guy like that, uh, LeBron James. You want you want to carve your own lane. You want to you want you you, you, you want to be the best version of yourself. So um, great to see him back on the basketball court. Um, great to see him um, playing college hoops. Yeah. Um, curious to see how you know. Curious to see you know where his game where where his game may go. So um, again, just just an all around good story. It can't be an easy thing, that's for sure, to to, to have a legend like that as your dad. Uh, Sixers right. are home to take on the Wizards tonight. Uh, they're coming off a win on Friday. Joel and B tweaked his knee in that game, so we're not sure if he's going to play or not. What is that? What is that? Oh, it's my bad. It's barbecue chicken. My bad. That's barbecue <laughs> chicken. Sorry. You said you you said you said the Wizards, right? Uh yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Barbecue chicken. Even Sorry. without a beat, yeah, it should be. <laughs> Even if he doesn't play, it should be a cakewalk. I agree. The perennial 
you know, get better. You know, team. Oh man, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm too much, Rob. Don't pay me no mind, man. I'm I'm losing it today. Uh, I hear you. Uh, so uh, we'll see if he goes or not. They're off to a good start. They are uh, yeah. thus far. They got Ubre back, playing pretty well all around. Uh, he and Maxi, that's for sure. Flyers are at Nashville tomorrow. They've won four straight. Tony. I know that's exciting, right? 15, 10, and two. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, early, 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 early in this thing, Tortorella's got to be under consideration for some kind of coach of the year job that he's doing with, let me with ask very you, little. Let me ask you this, right? Do you yeah. think, because a guy like Tortorella, right, his personality can be intense. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't rub off too well with guy, like with veterans. Yeah. Um. Do you think because this team is so young and so, you know, you know, uh, wet behind the years, that they're they're more coachable and more moldable, and they believe more in, in his philosophies, and that's why they're 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 kind of playing the way they are. I I think it's a great observation. I really do. I think it's a great observation. I think you have so many guys who are just trying to establish themselves that that haven't been around long enough to accumulate some of the 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 arrogance or gravitas. Uh, I think it. I think it absolutely plays into it. And I think they got, they got rid of all the old guys. They got yeah, rid of all a of them. couple. And the kind of vets that you still have, like Sean Couturier, they're not high maintenance guys. Mm. Like they're coachable dudes. So I think that also helps. But they did. They moved on from a lot of guys in the off season, and I think that has allowed them to do what they're doing. And I'll tell you what, they're laying a pretty good foundation. I'll tell you the other thing that I think they get towards the trade deadline. They're not going to be fooled by the record. If they can sell off some of the older parts for good young talent or, or draft uh, choices, they're still going to move bodies as they should. They're not fooled by this. So, so the, you know what? You bring up a very good point. Um, our guy, uh, Keith uh, Jones. Keith Jones. I almost said Keith Jackson. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I got Keith Jones. Yeah. You, you, you bring up a very good point, right? There are so many teams that get fooled by this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he knows that they're in so many ways overachieving. Um, but what they're doing right now is if anything, they're upping the value, upping the stock of some of those guys that are on their roster. Trade deadline comes, maybe you get a little bit more leverage, maybe you can get a little bit more for a guy than you probably would have got in the offseason. And what you're what you're setting up for is you're setting up for a situation where now you're 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 beginning you're beginning to see what you have. And then once you bring in that superstar or someone breaks out, mm-hmm. now you have a roster full of potential legitimate role players to fill in your roster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because right now, this, this this Flyers team is a bunch of, so far they've shown to be a, a, a group of well-coached, competent role players. Correct. And Correct. they're winning. You throw in a couple stars in there. You draft well. And now you have, now you, now you have something there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So, so 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 this is going to be exciting. Um, it's so funny. Um, I've been I've been I've been trying to figure out which flyers jersey I want to buy, but I I should probably wait. I would hold off on that. Um, I love I, I, I love hockey jerseys. I just I just love the way they fit. I love, I love the whole swag about them. But I think I think I'm going to be a little patient. I would give it. Wait till this year's over. If I. Uh, if you were really itchy on the trigger finger, I, I would I would think about Konechny, um, okay. Sanheim. There's some really good young players too right. here, but you got. Or, or, or if I really want one, go for go for history. Go for a, a yeah. You go guy. old school throw. Go old school guy. Yeah, you okay. go Clark or or Bernie Perrant, number one. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you who 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 do you think if if, uh, if 
If you had to say a tone, get this guy's jersey. Oh, wow. Uh, would it be okay. Drew? Would it be who? Who? Who, who would you? Go? You can never go wrong. You could go Lindros eighty-eight because it's a cool number in hockey. Right. I always like the low. I like the single digit. I like Bernie Perrot number one. Mm-hmm. He's number one, retired. Bill Barber was one. You, Bobby Clark was sixteen. You can't go wrong there uh, with any of those. Uh, Mark Howell number two is a good one. Okay. I, I'm a big Dave Poolin guy. He was number 20. Uh, any of those. 20. 20, yeah. Poolin was, was a great player in the 80s for them. I would go any of those, any of those routes. You can't go wrong. Uh, all right, so a couple other things here. The uh, Ravens, uh, really good safety. Kyle Hamilton, who's become an absolute stud this year, sprained his MCL considered mm. week to week. So that that's one to keep your eye on for them. Uh, depending on how long he's out, but that's a uh, you know that's pretty serious. Uh, Eagles could have drafted him, but they decided to draft Jordan Davis. I'm not saying that's a bad decision right now, right? But you know they they could have had they could have had that safety position pretty 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 handled. Over the You're right. Time. That's that's a debatable one. You know, right. um, which way you could have gone because both kind of played out right. Uh, Jaden Daniels has won the Heisman, or he won the Heisman Saturday night. Uh, it's the second year in a row and the fifth time in seven years that a transfer has won. Mm. Yeah, he he came from Arizona State and you know played played great for them, man. He had a, he had one heck of a year. If you uh, ask me, that uh that that bodes well for other transfer guys. Like that that makes that makes the transfer portal look a little bit more look, look makes it look a little bit more legitimate and better. Yeah, you know because I mean, people a lot of people hit the transfer portal. There's but. tons of it now, especially at that position. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing now is, Tone, even if you're in a good situation, a lot of guys are transferring just because they're taking the bag from somewhere else. In other words, say you're playing really well at Oklahoma and they're paying you, you're getting 500000 a year in NIL. Okay, I could jump over to LSU and get a million for my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I got to make the money when I can. Yeah, because so. yeah, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are self-aware. And they realize, mm, I'm not going to the league, or this is actually the this is actually the highest level that I care about playing at. So yeah. let me so let me maximize this, you know. And then, you know, depending on my depending on my aspirations out of college, maybe I become a you know a graduate assistant, you know, if I want to go into coaching, or um, or even if even if I don't want to do any of that stuff, I have a nice nest egg to set myself up for whatever I want to do at the college. Right. So. You know, man, more, you know, more, I've always been for, you know, paying players on, on any level. So, yeah, no question. Well, <laughs> then you'll like this Shel- Shohei Otani, 10 years, $700 million. You did it wrong. You did it wrong. You did it wrong. It's $700 million. <laughs> 70 a year. Oh, my God. They said man. he's making like, what, 3000 a minute? What was it? It was a weird number oh, yeah, to give. It was so good, the breakdowns, the, all the breakdowns of, of what it is. It's Can you imagine a minute? I'm not – I, I, look, we saw it coming. We were told he likes the, he likes Los Angeles, and then the Dodgers just swooped in and, and finished it. And I'm not surprised, let me tell you, because, you, yes, this year he can't pitch. We know that. He's coming off the Tommy John surgery. but still, He can hit his ass off. He can still hit. And if he's anything like Harper, and I'm sure he is in terms of how hard this guy works, he'll be back sooner rather than later. He won't miss a whole lot of time as a hitter this year. And then in 25, you get him as a pitcher too. So you can really justify the 70 saying, well, we're paying 35 for the hitter and 35 for the pitcher if he stays healthy. 
and and you look at it that way. And, and it's not like the Dodgers don't have that kind of money either. Right. You know, and you know it's, they, it's, it's the MLB. It's no, it's no salary cap. So however rich your owner is, there we go. Right. So that was that was the really big, big, big one that we were waiting to see, you know, where he ended up. And now I think is what you'll, you'll start seeing it pick up here in terms of some of the other guys uh, signing. Uh, it's going to be coming soon. You know, the Cody Bellingers uh, of the world, uh, Yash Yamamoto, who is the Japanese pitcher, uh, who who is said to be an absolute stud. So, yeah, it's it's only a matter of time uh, before this stuff starts to really open up here. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's only a matter of time, man. Um, You know, I bet you uh, Bryce Harper's like, hey, man, you sure you can't adjust my contract? Well, that's exactly yeah, okay. right. That's exactly right. Um, okay. All right. So, so back to the Eagles and I get it, man. It has been, it has been really, really a, it was a, it's been a rough two weeks and, and you know, there, there isn't going to be any kind of relief here. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Rob. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? So Tell what? I don't even know five players on the bus. So, so what? He wasn't give saying a damn. he did. All he said was what, and he even said, what old school Jersey should I get? That's all right. I'm, I'm making it clear that look, man, hockey wasn't my first love. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get into hockey until college. Yeah, and I could really, I could really break your hearts if I want to, but I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? I could break a lot of hearts right now, but I won't do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's all good. But I didn't listen. I, I, I'll put it to you this way: I didn't get into college until I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't get, into, I didn't get into hockey until college, and I didn't start paying attention to it really. Yeah, and um, to put it in perspective. My college was near Pittsburgh. So you were a Penguins fan. I wasn't a fan, but I'm just saying I didn't really get into it until yeah. I was in college. And my college just so happened to be near Pittsburgh. And it just so happened I was able to see the Pittsburgh Penguins win what back to back. So I or was it was it back to back? I can't remember. I don't know. But again, I don't want to I don't, I don't want to break any hearts here, but um <laughs> yeah. That was my entryway to hockey. Um, I hear so you. So I'm not used to seeing mediocrity. I got so. you. I got you. Well, it's been less than mediocre. Uh, okay. Uh, to, to put it mildly. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Right. I love you guys, man. I appreciate y'all always um, busting our balls here, man. Um, yeah. All right. So um, as, I, as I mentioned, two, you know, two rough weeks. And there's so many different things to look at here um, with what's happening with this team. And you just wonder, like, they should – I beat Seattle. Okay. They're better than Seattle. Seattle's more banged up. There's a lot to it, but they haven't won there since 08. And you are flying across the country, you know, for an already tired team. I, I just like even to, to, to assume that this is even a lock is just wrong. It's not. I don't think anything's like at this point. I'm not liking the Philadelphia Eagles. The only, the only. <laughs> The only thing or only place I'm locking the Philadelphia Eagles into is the damn film room. I'm not they're not a lock for anything else. That's it. Yeah. Period. Point blank. But but I tell you what's going to be really interesting. How real is any kind of shakeup going to be? Like in other words, I'm not call I, I don't think it look it reeks of desperation if Nick grabs the play calling duty back. But what are you doing different that you're not going to have these continued bad starts? Every single time, six straight games you've been trailing at the half. That one or two is is a coincidence. Six is a trend. You know, there's no there's no two ways about it. 
you're not preparing your team. And ultimately, Nick has to take responsibility for that on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. I, I can't agree with you any more than that. Um, the fact of the matter is Nick Sirianni, uh, everything falls back on him. And I was watching him on that sideline throughout that game. He just looked like, you tell me if you, I don't know, you tell me what you saw, but I'm okay. looking at Nick Sirianni. Every time they cut to his face, he just looked like he didn't know what was going on. Like yeah. he just, he looked like he was just hanging on by a thread mentally or even his post-game press conference, like it's just the tone of his voice. He's, he just seems like he's lost. He seems like he doesn't know. He doesn't know what to do. Well, I think the big question is like, like for me, I think he's a very um, connective, emotional guy. Like the players like to play for him. They appreciate him. And, and that's big. It's half the battle in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, but the issue is for me, is he going to be able to scheme his way out of this, whatever it is? That's what it comes down to. Like, I, I don't have any doubt about the emotional connection that's there. But in terms of, like, really having to dig into the nitty-gritty part of it from a football perspective, X's and O's, mm-hmm. is it there with him? Is it there with either one of these two coordinators? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because their issues defensively, you can't scheme you out of that. Um, yeah, that's talent, in my opinion. Offensively, the playbook is the playbook, and their philosophy is their philosophy. I don't know how much of it's going to change. I just don't. Um, they, you know, they view the game the way they view the game. They look at it the way they look at it. It's just, I don't know how much changes from an offensive perspective. When you have this much talent, are you like you would like to think that? Uh, well, it, it can only get better. It has to get better. You got you too talented, right? It can't be this inept. Mm-hmm. But the trust is gone right now, yeah. for me at least. Yeah, the trust. I don't. I don't trust. You know, at first it was I don't trust the defense. I don't trust this Philadelphia Eagles team right now. Mm-hmm. And I and and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that until until they show me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I, I said, I've been saying all show long. I believe the offense will get it together. I do. Um, but if you're asking me if I have trust in the defense. I don't because I don't think they're talented enough, plain and simple. I, I just don't see it. Um, and until I'm proven otherwise, that's how I'm viewing this thing. And, and especially if your front is not as effective as it should be with all the resources and talent you put in there. I mean, you're talking about a, a front that's got multiple first rounders, tons of money tied up into it. And their sack totals okay, but it's not great. And if you're bad on the back end like the Eagles are, you have to be borderline great in terms of getting to the quarterback. Exactly. And it's not fair. The amount of pressure they're putting on the defensive line. Again, we talked about this. You're you're expecting so much out of them, and they know that. So they're they're not going to be as fundamentally or technically sound because they're they're so conscious of just we gotta get the quarterback, we gotta get him, we gotta get him. And they over-pursue. And they can't even they can't even rush the quarterback efficiently or um they can't really rush him with the idea of okay even if we don't get him we got some guys behind us that can hold it down right or 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 you know even even if we don't get him in the first two seconds we got guys that can hold up where we could probably catch them leaking no they they can't so so you're seeing guys over pursue you're seeing guys um you're seeing guys not having gap discipline in all that kind of stuff 
And you, sh- you I mean, Hassan Reddick had two sacks in the game last night. He's going to always do his thing. Uh, Fletcher Cox had a real big sack. He's going to always do his thing. But and by the way, he's had a really good year. Can we just give him a little? I know it's a hideous day. Can we give Hassan, that guy props? Hassan Reddick has, Hassan Reddick, he has 11 and a half sacks on the season. Yeah. Th- through, what is this, 13, 13 games? Yeah. Through 13 games? And he didn't get any in the first three weeks? Well, that that's the thing. Three games, first three games he didn't. Yeah, first three. With when he had the cast on. You talk about Hassan. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that was the first three games. Yep. Uh Hassan has pulled his weight. Fletcher has pulled his weight. Josh Sweat, one sack in the last six games. Hey, dude, you know, I- I- enough with the close. No more close. You you gotta start cashing here. He's gotta be better than he's been. Brandon Graham's gotta be better than he's been. We all love Brandon. And I know his his playing time is limited. He's got to be better, um, you know. And you you got to try to pick this back end up because it's not there. It's just not there. They're not good enough on the back end. They're not, man. And um, you know, before we close this show, Eagles fans, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, when the page is fully turned, we'll have some more positive things to say. But today, the Eagles got to take their lumps. Exactly. And, 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 and Eagles fans, those of you who are critical of the team, don't feel bad for being critical because at the end of the day. They're not living up to their side of the bargain. You yeah. guys pay good money for those tickets. You guys pay good money for the merch, for the Kelly Green and all that kind of stuff. You guys pay good money for the parking. You guys pay your own tax dollars to make sure that stadium is what it is. So best believe you, you've invested a lot into this franchise. You've invested tears. You've invested sweat, paying your taxes. You've invested um, your hard-earned cash. Time. Time. You know what I mean? You wasted Sunday afternoons. On yep. the, uh, Sunday evenings, when you probably could have took your lady out or took your husband out to dinner, did whatever you wanted to do. But guess what? This Eagles team's not, not living up to their bargain. Yep. So guess what? Those of you who don't want to be critical, those of you guys who want to put the blinders on and pretend like we're just pulling this out of our asses, I don't know what to tell you, man. Stay yeah. asleep because, yep. uh, listen, man, I'm going to hold this team accountable Stay day in there. and day out, week after week. And guess what? The pain won't end if they keep this up. Well said. All right, let's hit it. I uh, want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody in the stream, everybody listening. Appreciate you. Tone, great job. Uh, yes, don't sir. go anywhere. Tone will keep it rocking with Dan Cilio with the National Football Show. We'll be back same time tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you then. We are Sports Day. Thanks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.